0: Welcome to Talking Bollocks, the Writer's Edition. Hello, welcome. This is Talking Bollocks. This is the world's greatest podcast. I am the world's greatest metaler, and um, that's bollocks. You see, there you go, Talking Bollocks. That's what it's all about. That is what you are in for. Um, welcome, lovely to have you back. I always say this, thanks for coming back. If it's your first time, what the fuck, man? Where have you been? What have you been doing? And this is quite a weird kind of episode to sort of, um, to be your first one. But then again, you may, you may be some, some youngster somewhere who wants to be a writer one day, a metal writer. You might even be uh, a fellow metal writer, a fellow scribe who wants to hear the opinions of these three dudes I've got coming up. Um, uh, or maybe, you know, maybe none of those things. But anyway, without further ado... Who is this fucking dickhead you're listening to? Hello, my name is Howard H. Smith. Um, I used to be in Acid Rain UK thrash band back in the day, but guess what? Ha! Oh, who's back? They're back! Oh yeah, I'm back! Um yeah we're back um came back a couple of months ago um and um we're going to be bringing out a new single very soon just announced tour dates a couple of days ago um so please go to the talking bollocks facebook page go to the acid rain facebook page go find acid rain on twitter um I'm not going to read out the handles and 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 all of the exact addresses cuz you know what you can go fucking find it yourself what are you some sort of thick idiot that you can't search twitter for acid rain acid rain r-e-i-g-n look it up yeah we're the ones who aren't a bunch of black guys who live in la okay so there you go we are the not rap band we're the other ones nice and simple for you so anyway look as i was saying that's what i used to do that's what i'm doing now i also do stand up been doing doing that 15 years as everybody's sick of hearing about um i do my character keith platt professional yorkshireman you can go to keithplatt.co.uk proper website like um, and have a look around and and see all the shit there. So anyway, there you go. So basically, what do I do? I do a podcast. I do the band. I do do stand up. That's basically talking and shouting a lot. That's the only skill I have, right? I, I mean, I'm fucking good at it. And you know, to be fair, if you're listening to this, then you know I, I must have something. But I can't. I, you know, shit at most other things, but I can fucking talk and shout not going to say sing but i can, i can do i can do a heavy metal vocalist i can do a fucking good impression of one anyway anyway look it's lovely to have you along thank you very much for um for coming to us you can, regular listeners will know the phrase i'm trying to avoid keep saying um and if and if you're, you, you you are new it's tuning in i keep saying tuning in and i, I kind of caved in my last podcast and said oh fuck it i've i've just got to say it i'm trying to i'm trying to not say it because it's just old and twattish and, uh, you know, it sounds like this is some sort of, um, World Service BBC Radio. Hello, welcome, thank you for tuning in. And now the news. Chickens have gone up 20 pence. Adolf Hitler is no longer alive. And Osama bin Laden's made it into a newscast that's 60 years old. Anyway, um, you see, there you go. It's it, it, it just bullshit, basically. It should be called cool talking bullshit, but, um, anyway, it's talking bollocks for now. So. Uh, it's great to have you along. Um, you are now going to hear from. I, I tried to, what I'm, what I'm trying to do with this one was I, I, I you know, I realized I had two writers and I thought, oh, I've got a third one now. And, and, and so, yeah, put it together. Now, um, we've got, uh, Chad Arnold, founder of Global Thrash Assault. Um, I've got Keith Kahn Harris, um, who is, um, uh, a, an extreme metal, extreme metal writer, um, and um uh, has a degree in extreme metal. Yeah, not exactly. Well, even a, docurate, a doctorate. Doctorate. You'll find out later about exactly the size of that. And then, of course, um, uh, last up is the legend that is uh, Malcolm Dome. So, you know, what more do you want? Um... So, um, basically, what I've tried to do here is I've got, uh, on one end, your first interview is Chad Arnold from Global Thrash Assault, which is, he's essentially a blogger. Um, he won't mind me calling him a blogger because he is a blogger. Um, I think we're well past the, uh, um, uh, the, the time where a blogger was, uh, was, was an insult. Um, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, um, uh, Chad is um he set up Global Thrash Assault and the, and the reason I wanted to speak to him was um I heard that um a guy had gone to um oh where was it gone to the Wakefield Full Thrash Festival from New York and uh, and in fact it was Paul Kellett one of the listeners all right there uh thanks Paul good heads up and um and he mentioned that to me in, a, uh, in an email, in one of his usual critiques of the show, which he sends me. Thanks a lot, mate. Um, and, and it, and it was great. It was, I thought, right, that that sounds fascinating. I've got to speak to somebody who goes from New York to fucking Wakefield. For those of you who haven't been there, shithole. Um, and, um, yeah, well, let's face it. Do I need to tell you it's called Wakefield, for fuck's sake? Yeah? Awake, something you have after somewhere and someone's died. Field. Yeah. Essentially, where you bury somebody. <laughs> Wakefield. So, yeah, you know, death field, whatever you want to call. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked here, but it's a tangent and we love tangents. So, um, Chad. Uh, yeah, I got I got hold of Chad. And, well, look, I'm not going to go on and on and on. Let's let's get straight into it because this isn't a normal podcast. It's not me bullshitting. Um, normally, if you if you tune in, there'd be 20 minutes of me going off about every Minuscule little thing that's happened in metal in the last month but um uh, i don't i'm not going to do that with the with, well i haven't done that in the specials because they're, they're here for just get raw fucking big chunky interviews on um so first up is um is chad arnold of uh, global thrash assault um tweet him at gt assault um, and, and also Global Thrash Assault is on Facebook and there's com. I think. Yeah, GlobalThrashAssault.com, which is the blog. So there you go. That's all the, um, that's all the housekeeping and everything else out of the way. Enough of my bullshit. Let's hear, uh, a chat I had, um, a few weeks ago, about a month ago or something like that, with Chad Arnold from, uh, Global Thrash Assault. Hello, Chad.
1: Yes, hi.
2: Hello there. How
1: are you? Um, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Thank you.
0: Cool, cool. Um, uh, Well, um, welcome to Talking Bollocks.
1: Ah, Thank you, man. Good to be here.
0: Uh, Cool. I I trust you're a, you're a, a regular listener.
1: I do. I do listen to your podcast. It's great. I enjoy what you do.
0: Oh, really? Fucking hell, that's awesome. Cool, man. Oh, nice one!
1: Well, look, uh, it's
0: it's great to have you on the show. Um, I think I should give you a bit of a background as to how um, uh, how this has ended up happening. Um, basically, I had a um, uh, an email from um, one of our regular listeners called Paul Kellett. Hello, Paul. Good idea. Um, in fact, he didn't he didn't say like, "Oh, you should get this guy Chad on," but he mentioned that you had come all the way over from the states for the um, I was at the Full Thrash Festival in Wakefield. Yes. Now, a- any of our UK listeners um, will be fucking blown away by that because Wakefield's a shithole, as everyone knows. <laughs> 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 and, um, uh, uh, and and to come... I, I mean, you must be the only person who's ever travelled all the way from the States, especially to go to Wakefield. Um, but um, it, it, just, it just blew me away, the dedication that is... Um, that's involved with that, and I, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated as to um, what it was about that particular festival, what it was about, sort of UK thrash in general, that sort of whetted your appetite to the extent that you were prepared to get on a plane and, and fly seven, eight thousand miles, whatever it is.
1: Hmm. Um. I I got involved with Full Thrash Assault. I would say like two years ago, the promoter Dave Ingram. He oh, yeah. follows Global Thrash Assault and uh he, he hit me up in the email and he's like listen i do this festival i'm looking for people to help me promote it you know i'll put your logo on the flyer if you just you know give me an open hand i was like yeah that's, that sounds great and uh i saw the lineup for this year so that, and that's really good that's an awesome lineup uk's got so many great underground bands i just happened to look at the week i was on vacation and it corresponded so uh I thought about like uh, this, this is a great time, it's a great opportunity to go over there and see some of these bands. So uh, I went I talked to my boss, because I already had my vacation picked, and I said, is there any way I can get two weeks back-to-back? He's like, yeah, no problem. So I got two weeks back-to-back, so I ended up doing the whole touristy thing while I was over there. I saw London, Dublin, Glasgow, and and I got the opportunity to see uh, Full sold in Wakefield, so it was kind of just all the stars aligned. So that's it's it, yeah,
0: out. that's it. London, Glasgow, Dublin, Wakefield. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, it's such a shame, man. I live in I live in London. Um, I, I, and it would have it would have been cool to show you around. I just, um oh, that would
1: have been
0: awesome. Yeah, man. Just just missed you. Never mind. Uh, next time. <laughs> ne- next time we can do it in reverse. Now whereabouts whereabouts are you in the states? You're you're are you in New
1: York? i am in new york i'm about an hour north of new york city
0: right okay oh well in which case you know definitely going to be having something crash on someone crash on your sofa at some point in the next year or so all right (laughs) yeah who knows maybe the whole band i'll get the whole we'll bring the whole band over and it can be uh that would be awesome hotel hotel chad it's done um well yeah it's it's been um it's been a exciting few days actually we've just done a done a photo session and um uh we're going to be announcing I can I can say all this now because by the time the podcast comes out it will it it, it you know it'll all come out but um yeah we're announcing the new the new lineup on Monday there's going to be pictures and stuff and um. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, it's yeah, exciting times. But um, but so anyway, um, that's that's enough of me cramming my fucking ego into the uh into the interview. Um, how was your um, how was your trip in general? I mean, was it? Did you get to see bands in other parts of the country as well, or was it just mainly the tourist stuff?
1: Ah, uh, it was just mainly the tourist stuff. But the, the trip was it was amazing. It was actually the time of my life. The weather that week I was there, April 11th until the 23rd. And it was the best weather I've seen all year, sunny, it was amazing, like, I've always heard that it's like gray and rainy in the UK, and when I got there, it was just like, because I left the States and it was all gray and rainy, yeah. so my, my co-workers were kind of like giving me a hard time, like, usually when you when it's gray and rainy, you go on vacation, you go someplace where it's warm and sunny, but you're going someplace where it's always gray and rainy, and when I got off the plane, I just looked amazing, the weather was spectacular, people were just so friendly. And, uh, yeah, like, unfortunately, I didn't get to go see any other shows, but it was just yeah. mainly the tour stuff, you know, I saw, no, Big Ben, Westminster, Dublin, I did the whole Guinness thing, and all that, so
0: it was, it was a great time. It was a great oh, time. But, but the whole, I mean, I live in London, but the whole Big Ben and Houses of Parliament thing, it's fucking freaky, isn't it? Because you see it, and you think, is it real? Is it really real?
1: Yeah. yeah I, I saw it, I, I see it on TV all the time, and it just, it's like, as soon as, like, I, I I found the London Nine and I was like, where's Big Ben? I, I, I turned, I looked, and I, I just, like, the moment I saw it, it just, like, captivated me. It was just yeah, probably one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Like, the architecture was just amazing. It was a spectacular sight.
0: It, it, it is. I mean, you know, I've, I've lived in London 20 years, but I know exactly what you're saying, you know. It, yeah, it's, yeah. it's it, Because you do see it in movies, and you see it on TV and stuff like that, and then when you see it in real life, it's like, wow, it's, it still has a magical quality about it. Yeah, it's still like a
1: fucking hell. That's real,
0: <laughs> you know. It's, uh, you expect to bump into James Blo- James Bond, James Blonde. Who the fuck's that? Um, <laughs> just some blonde guy called James. No, but um, yeah, you just bump into James Bond and uh, and you know, and Sherlock Holmes and, and all yeah, that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um uh, Did you do um, Did you do London by night at all?
1: Um, I kind of just walked, you know, the length of the river. Oh, that really was go to perfect. I did nightclub scenes or anything of that, but it was just gorgeous. Oh. No, like the, the lights and everything.
0: It was oh. just wonderful. Do you know, well, for, what I was going to say was did you see, did you see, um, did you see, like, the river by night? Because, yeah, you did exactly the right thing, man. Honestly, that is fucking unbelievably spot on. Because the Thames at night, a walk along Thames at night, is amazing because it, it, there is so many things that you see during the day, but then lit up at night, you see even more.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was like I said, like the, the big band, like, and like in every the Lambeth Palace was even more captivating at night. You know what I mean? It's beautiful yeah. sight. It was unbelievable.
0: Yeah, yeah. During the day, it's like oh my god, it's real, and at night, it's like oh fucking hell. It's like it's yeah. fully kind of magical and weird. Uh, yeah, it's oh well, well, well done, man, because you 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 did exactly the right thing. You really did. Um, so do you? Uh, so have you have you been a, a follower of uh, of thrash in general and and. I'm. I'm interested to find out. What's really piquing my interest is, you know, uh, you're 24, aren't you? 24, 25.
1: Yeah, I'm 25.
0: Yep. Right. Okay. So, how does a 25 year old guy in New York um, get so turned on by UK thrash? And like, you know, obviously, our scene. I was around. You know, when the first was around. When the scene was around first time, and um, and we really were were the kind of like you know the poor relations of. Of the U.S. and and German scene, and rightly so. But um, I'm fascinated all these years later that that people kind of seem to um, uh, have a, a taste for UK thrash, as it were. And um, I'm fascinated to see how you kind of discovered it, came across it, etc.
1: Um, I, well, I, I kind of got into metal in the uh, middle in when I was 15 years old, and I was that was the whole split not thing. I, you know, I was just really got in the middle at that age. But I actually had a friend who was from Coventry, the UK, um. and he he was an old-school fan of, of thrash metal, so he, he's the one who really got me turned on to a lot of, you know, Metallica, Exodus, Megadeth, and then there from there, it was like a whole lot of, you know, self-exploring, because I really, I, I love I thrash metal. Something about that music always appealed to me, it's just, and so then it's like, you know, he told me like, I hey, you should check out Onslaught. So I check out Onslaught. Like, this this is great. I love that." Then it just it snowballed from there, and then the whole new wave of thrash metal kind of thing that started happening around 2007 that I picked up on it, and I was in high school at that time. So bands like Warbringer, Bonded by Blood, Evil, Bomb, I think Mutant were big at that time. We're all just great because like I used to, Owen used to, my friend from uh Coventry, Owen Stewart, he used to tell me stories all the time, like, what it was back in the day, in the 80s. Yeah. So I kind of felt like, I was going through that, you know what I mean? Like, 20 years later, like, here's all these thrash metal bands showing up again, it was, so, it was like a really great time, but then, when I started Global Thrash Assault in 2012, I was already like, that was pretty much all I was listening to, was thrash metal. Yeah. All the new bands, and then I just, the quality of the new bands coming from the UK, it was just, to me, it was just unsurpassed, and the amount of them as well, it just, you know, social media played a huge role in in my love for the UK thrash metal. Right, okay. And uh, it was unbelievable. So, like, like I found the, uh, uh Thrashist Regime, you know, uh I was a big Mutant fan. Eva was another huge band that I loved. And, uh you know, you follow these bands and you start getting into the bands that influenced them. And a lot of them were actually old school, you know, the, the old school thrash metal bands. Like, you know, I never heard of Slammer until I started listening to, uh you know, these UK bands, and you see, like, influences, and they put Slammer down. I, I actually got into Acid Rain. I was <laughs> watching a, uh it was a Gamma Bomb. It was a video. It was either a DVD, a bonus DVD, or a video on YouTube. And the bass player, he was actually wearing an Acid Rain T-shirt. And I was like, oh, I love Gamma Bomb. Acid Rain, that looks cool. So I went and looked them up, found you guys on iTunes, bought your stuff, and it was, that's it, you know? Oh, awesome. so
0: Awesome. Now that's, that's awesome because that is totally fucking old school. What you've just described there is, is exactly how it was in the old school. And I'm sure, I'm sure your friend from Coventry told you, like, you know, back in the day, if you, you know, I mean, I bought the first Suicidal Tendencies album because most bands that I liked either had a Suicidal Tendencies t shirt or had one of those famous suicidal baseball caps with a peak turned up with suicidal on it so i so i bought the first suicidal album totally blindly you know uh, purely because um of seeing you know bands that i liked seeing them wear their shirt, and it was and that's what you used to do back in the day you know if you saw you know same with dri you bought you know you bought dri shirts because everybody wore dri shirts and and so that's exactly how you know that's exactly how we used to find bands back in the day. So that's really cool that you found you found old school bands in an old school way. The only difference is it was you know it was on YouTube as opposed to it being on like you know the back of an album or in a magazine.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it, it just stuff like that. You know what I mean? Just I spent hours just you know on social media, YouTube, Facebook. I think MySpace was big back in two thousand and seven, so I was on MySpace and just you know surfing around you know what i mean like you find one band that you like and you see like oh, all right they're fans of these guys so you go back and you look them up and like oh these guys are really good too and then you go you know itunes you know what i mean you go to the music store Like, i had an fye for years i used to run there i used to you know what i mean that's why i bought my first sabbat album too was that an fye you know just because <laughs> wow. i saw i listed as a uh an influence from one of these other bands i got into Right. Back in like two thousand seven, two thousand eight. So, I got that's when I got into the it just kind of it all just snowballed from there.
0: Oh, that's fucking that's brilliant, man! That's absolutely brilliant. Um, well, look, I mean, it, it's um, it's yeah, it's, like I said you know it's it's modern technology, but it's the it's the old school route, and 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 this is and this is what I've said, you know, what I've said a few times on the podcast, which is you know genre you know be it metal or thrash metal or whatever it's 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 a genre where um people do their homework you know we're we're yeah. we are we are dedicated people you know and and you know yeah. if you, you get you get into one band and it's like well yeah but that's just when you get into one new band that's a that 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 could be a gateway into fuck knows how many more oh
1: absolutely absolutely And it's like, especially nowadays too, you know, bands, it's easier for bands to record stuff. It's easier to, you know what I mean? All this music is at our fingertips nowadays, you know, with YouTube and everything else. So it's just, it's it's so great. I love it.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, there is, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's the old timers um, who will complain and say, oh, it's not special, you know, it's not special anymore. And, you know, or being able to, being able to track stuff down and find it and go like, oh my God, you know, I've finally found this. Oh, it's amazing. Um uh, and and that has gone, yeah, that has gone, mm-hmm. but that's been replaced by um, the fact that you can consume so much more.
1: Yeah, absolutely,
0: absolutely. I mean, it, you know, so it's it, yeah. I mean, yeah, those, those days of finding something, you know, or trying to track something down um, have passed. But the 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 fact that you're able to uh, cons- well consume so much more music now, um, and there's so many different ways of Um, uh, Of getting hold of it as well Um, and also actually being able to interact with bands as well and you know I mean you can hear a band for the first time, you can download their entire back catalogue you can follow them on Facebook, you can fucking tweet them and be talking to them all in the space of half a day
1: yeah it's 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 amazing like i I love the way that like like you say that, that bands can connect with fans and fans can connect with bands and you know what i mean it's, it's easier now to keep track of what bands are doing as opposed to you know the magazines and you know what i mean yeah
2: yeah absolutely. by the time you get the
1: magazine it's like oh the tour that already happened i just picked the magazine today but now you have you know band camp and uh bands in town all that it's, it's amazing uh... it's, it's so easy to uh just go to shows now and buy music and just find new bands to get into it's incredible,
0: yeah, but unfortunately, bands in town gets on my fucking nerves because bands in town um post gigs that the that the rap band acid rain are doing, but they keep oh. but they keep linking the acid rain facebook fucking page to it, so we keep oh. getting messages from people all over the world saying like. I I had a message from somebody in New York the other day saying, "Are you playing here in two weeks?" Uh, (laughs) Like like, fucking hell! I wish we were.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean that that that, it it you know that is the downside of that. That does happen, unfortunately. But uh, when it does work properly, it's it's a great thing to have because it's you know you can put shows within however many miles you want in your area, and you know all these bands that come into town that use it. You know, it's great. You
2: know, yeah, sure. But it does have its
1: downside, like you said. Though, I, I, I've had that problem as well.
0: And and and, but I mean, look, hey, it's it's one of those things. But um, mm-hmm. something something that did cross my mind actually that I'm, um, I wanted to mention was the fact also that you were just saying there about the volume of the bands coming out in the UK, and and and, um, Paul <laughs> mentioned when you were talking to him about all of the um, um, all of the different it, the, the fact that you can literally go from town to town and see a band here. I mean, you know, there's, there's festivals or there's something going on every kind of month. And, and, and you can just jump in a car and you can be there in two or three hours. And it's, you know, it's a complete new lineup, different show, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and just, it it really made him appreciate how kind of lucky we are over here, given that, yeah. you know, if you wanted to go and see something like that full thrash assault, you know, and it, and it's in another town that can be like, you know, a day's drive away.
1: Oh, absolutely! That's, the U.S. is such a massive country. I mean, like I've driven six hours to see a show, and like I, I've never even left the state of New York. You know, right? It's- hang
0: on, hang on. Let's just let's just park that there, okay? Just park that there, because I want people listening to think about that. What you just said—you drove six hours. Let's say to a show. That's a twelve-hour round trip, correct?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, right. Just to see a show, and there and and there will be people. Uh, listening to this in the UK, who fucking moan when a band doesn't play their town and they're playing a town that's three hours away. You know, yeah. and, and, and it's like, I, like I was saying recently on the podcast about, um, about somebody saying, oh, you know, bring, uh, get nuclear assault to play the UK, bring them back to the UK. And it's like, well, they're fucking playing the UK. They're playing Bloodstock. Bloodstock is right in the middle of the UK. but but still people are moaning that they're not playing their town and you're doing a 12-hour round trip to see a band and you're not even out of your stays
1: yeah i mean actually i was was talking to paul at that show and he was telling me about that and i was like my two-hour drive is nothing it's literally nothing like two years ago i went on a vacation i had a vacation and my buddies in the band lich king they were actually touring the U.S. tour, they were tearing through the Midwest. So I was like, I got nothing going on. Let me let me go out and I'll follow these guys on tour for a week. And to get these, I met up with them in St. Louis. Now to go from New York to St. Louis, that was a twenty-hour drive. For, it took me two days. Yeah, and, that, and that's the halfway point of my country. It's twenty hours. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's insane. So you know, the U the UK scene, it's just. Everything is so close together. Like you said, you can drive like an hour or two wherever and there's always good shows going on, always with different bands and everything like that. The U.S. I mean, I could drive two hours and it just, it won't get me anywhere. You know, where I live, I'm because I live just an hour north of New York City. So a lot of bands, you know, pass by, but if you live out somewhere in the Midwest, you don't get that kind of scene. You know, bands don't usually twir- go through that area. Or whatever, so if you want to go to a show, you have to drive at least five to six hours to get you know what I mean, yeah to see a good show, so people in the u k like honestly, like two or three hours drive is is not a lot at all you know <laughs> really, uh, it's not
2: yeah yeah
0: no seriously man I, I i'm I'm with you there I mean well, I, well you know when I'm doing my stand up shows I'm driving around the country and and uh, yeah, I mean i you know you, you if, if I've got a two or three hour drive whatever that's that's it it is what it is um mm-hmm. but admittedly that's you know as playing shows but but even going to shows i mean i'm spoiled because i live in london so if anyone's going to play in the uk they're always going to play they're always or, or nearly always going to play london so so i'm i'm kind of spoiled but um but I, you know I, you know as a kid we were always traveling around seeing bands and stuff like that um and uh, and i guess it's also it's kind of strange because it's just when you you know the UK is so small, but the volume of music coming from it is yes. is huge, and it's almost like our cities equal one of your states. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Because I, it, I, it, you know, it's just it's just the, the volume. It, it, it amazes even me for such a small country.
1: Mm-hmm. You no, know, I, I mean, mean, sorry, I feel like that the UK the uh the quantity and the quality of the bands of that country, especially the thrash bands that, that 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 you know the UK is producing is just I feel like it's unsurpassed in my honest opinion. It's probably one of the best scenes around the world as far as thrash metal is concerned.
0: Well wow, that's really cool to hear man. Yeah, that's really
1: cool to I, hear. I do. I really think that. I mean like that show I went to alone, Full Thrash Assault there was nine bands and it was it was hands down probably one of the best shows I've ever seen. Like from beginning to end every single band was just spectacular
0: awesome I, yeah how were how were my old friends reanimator
1: they were great they were so tight i mean it was it was a great way to end uh, an all-day metal show
0: yeah yeah no i mean I've, yeah because uh, funnily enough i was i was texting kev the um the uh the singer guitarist about 20 minutes before we we started talking um, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna mention to him that, um, uh, that, uh, that we have this chat. Did you get, did you get to meet any of the bands? Did you, did you get to, like, have a chat to, to them all or anything?
1: Uh, I got, I met, uh, the guys from, uh, Cryptic Shift. Right. And, um, they, they were kind of cool. They were cool dudes. And then, um, I really, you know what I mean? Cause, like, so many people were over there, like, they kind of followed Global Trash Assault. So, like, that would end I'd go out and I would start talking to them and it just you know, the conversation like I said, everyone there was so friendly that it would just kinda of snowball, you know what I mean? Like I talked to the guys in the Bangover. It got to the point like you know what I mean? It just I was talking to everyone, so I didn't really get to go up to the band and go, Oh <laughs> hey, you know, I'm I'm you know good to see you, nice to meet great set or anything like that, unfortunately. Yeah. But I did I talked to so many people over there. It was it was crazy. It was cool thing to see.
0: Oh yeah that's that, that is really awesome that really is. Um I mean well, I'm glad you know I'm glad that you found everybody so friendly as well. I mean um you know sometimes we get a bit of a bad rep over here for being um you know a bit grumpy or a bit reserved but um you found fa- you found at least the metal community was friendly enough.
1: I I found like honestly like even like airport security when I was flying from London to Dublin like they were friendly as well, you know. In Dublin London again they were also extremely friendly which when I got on the plane to go to the UK, it was just like, everyone was screaming, they were all like, you know, they, they were just so angry, it seemed like, in the US, but then I got to the UK and everyone was just, yeah, it was amazing.
0: <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, everyone thinks we're going to be really grumpy because of the weather. Maybe it was the weather, maybe if it had been raining, <laughs> we'd have all been telling you fuck off back on the plane.
1: Yeah, no. uh, I know. I don't know, like I said, like, it, was, it was an incredible time, full-time assault was really, honestly, I... It was the best show I've seen in, in a long, long time. If not one of the best shows I've
0: seen ever. Oh, that's brilliant, man! I'm so I'm so glad it was. Um, uh, it was such a fulfilling trip for you as well. I mean, it, it's you know, it, it's it's pretty. Uh, it was a long way to come to end up disappointed by a show. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's true. That would be yeah, a long yeah. way. But uh, <laughs> unfortunately, everything worked out well. So
0: uh... yeah, no, that's brilliant. And and um, when you say. Um, uh did you start full full threshold global threshold did you just start it from scratch
1: yeah absolutely um i kind of had like a lot going on i didn't really have anything going on in my life when i started like three years ago i had like a lot of free time and it was kind of just it was kind of weighing on me you know what i mean i had some life things going on and i was talking to a friend he's like you need to occupy your time you need to stop thinking about this stuff just you need to focus your attention on something else so I was kind of like, all right, you know, maybe I'll start a blog on thrash metal because, you know, I was such a massive fan of of thrash metal. Yeah. And so I did that and I thought, you know, maybe I'm going to do this like two or three weeks and I'm just going to, you know, lose interest or whatever. But uh, I immediately got a response. You know, I had a Facebook page going and everything. I immediately got a response. And, you know, bands started emailing me stuff. And yeah. it, just, it just kind of snowballed. And then from there it was just, I really enjoy what I'm doing. I, you know, I'm discovering new music every single day. You know, how can I make this bigger and better? And it's just, it's to where it is right now. So everything's, yeah, it's been great. Really been on kind of a wild ride, really. You know, I didn't, I never expected to, you know, ever walk into a venue in the UK and then people who I've never met before come up to me like, Oh, you're Chad Arnold. You run global fashion assault, right? And like, yeah. Oh my God. I follow what you do. I read what you do every day. Thank you. You know, I really like what you do and all that. Yeah. So. It's been it's
0: been crazy. It's been really cool too. That's awesome, man. I mean, you know, it's, it's you know, you're you're you've become part. You know, you you, you you became part of the scene, and and now you're kind of like you you're, you're part of the mechanics of the scene, and you're helping to grow it, and and. It's a wonderful feeling. I mean, you know, similarly, I felt like that with this, you know, with this podcast is, is, you know, it's, it's amazing to get, you know, to get that kind of reaction from people where they say, look, wow, you know, I follow what you do. I really like it. And I mean, when you said that you were, you know, a listener right at the beginning, I mean, it's like massive smile on my face. You know, it's just like... But it is, it's great, but I, you know, I'm the same as you, you you do it for the love, you do it for the love of the music, that's number one priority, that is what it's about, and everything else is a bonus.
1: Yeah, absolutely, that's, I agree with you 100% there, absolutely.
0: Yeah, so it's it's you know it's not about it's not about guest lists it's not about you know it's not about anything other than just loving the music and wanting to further the cause of 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 the bands that that you love and the, and the music that you love.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm Like, like you know, like when I walked in the Full Natural Salt, like Dave was like, "Oh, you're VIP, you good. But like, if he said like you know, Chad, the, the budget's kind of tight, I would have been like, "No, no, here you go, here's the ten the ten pounds or whatever it costs." You know what I mean? I've never ever asked like you know. Well, let me again. I guess I've never asked that. You know what I mean? Like, if a band asks me, like, "Could you mind, you know, here we are? Or, do you mind like reviewing our albums?" Like, well, where can I get your album? It's like, oh, well, we'll send it to you. Like, oh, that's great. You know what I mean? But yeah. I have no problem, you know, buying music or anything like that like, at all. It's but you know, again, like a band sending an album for review, that's great. You know, that's like you said, it's one of the that's one of the bonuses of what what we do. You know, like we do it because we like what we do. We love the music. We want to see it grow. Want to see it prosper. But anything else. Is, is extra it's
2: it's great yeah
0: it's to... absolutely i mean I've, I've had bands send me their albums on and 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 if i like it if i like it you know enough then i'll go i'll then go out and buy the cd because i want the cd of it oh
1: yeah i'm the same way i'm the exact same
0: way yeah yeah i mean i i interviewed therapy the other week and gone out and bought their cd which is which is awesome but it's great yeah sometimes it's like it's great because you get stuff i'll get stuff pre-release Listen to it and think this is fucking awesome, but I don't want to listen to it anymore because I want to listen to the CD and hear the full fucking uncompressed beast. So I have to kind of like just like try and stop myself listening to the digital version that I've got in advance because I want to listen to the CD. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: It's like it's it's, it's a bit of a battle, but um, you know, hey, that's that, that that's just me and my crazy love for uncompressed sound. Um, uh and uh, how do you get um, how do you get hold of your cds is it all online are there any good stores still around in around in new york at all
1: um i i honestly i really i don't know any record stores in my area a lot of the stuff I, i'm a big digital guy like i i really i buy a lot of stuff on Bandcamp. right i think that's a phenomenal site and i buy a lot of stuff on itunes yeah and um occasionally like but you know what i am like i'm like a, a product of that 21st century like you know, everything I buy, whether it's a CD, I'm going to put it on my computer, and I'm going to put it on my iPod. Yeah. And the CD's going to go on the shelf, and I go, I take my iPod with me everywhere. So
2: yeah,
1: I you know I still buy CDs. I buy you know vinyl every now and again if it's something special, but for the most part, I, most of the music I buy is is digital.
0: Hey, no, 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 I man, you're paying for it. That's all that fucking matters. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I absolutely, I absolutely pay for it. You know what I mean? Like, even yeah. if they have it, like you know. Pay what you like. You can still download that for free, but I usually like to get like a dollar per track. You know, like the iTunes, the ninety-nine cents per song. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because yeah, it's just so. That's what I like to do. I like to you know support the band some way. You know.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But,
1: but pretty much, I'm, I'm pretty much just a digital guy. You know, like I said, you know, everything I like, plug in the iPod, and that's that's it. I'm good to go.
0: Yeah. Well, never mind. Never mind. Get yourself get get yourself a decent digital music player instead of that Apple shit. But never mind.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like I still I still buy I still buy like I said the occasional CD. Like I'll buy you know vinyl every now and again if it's like a limited edition kind of thing.
0: Yeah.
1: CDs that I'm at a show. I'll, I'll definitely buy a CD. Or if it's if it's a good price as well, you know.
0: Yes. Like, yeah. I don't
1: like paying, especially with shipping too. You know, like if you buy from like a, a band in Europe and they want. Like fifteen dollars for shipping, but ten dollars for the CD. Like, well, that doesn't make any sense to me to yeah, pay more money to have it shipped than the actual CD itself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I've, I've had I've had the same I've had the same problem reversed Like, you know, wanting to buy a CD from a band in the states, and yeah, you, I, I refuse to pay more for the CD and postage. Fuck that. It's just I, I just can't get my. It do, doesn't compute in my brain computer. No, I can I can't have that.
1: No, no, I. I it's madness it's madness but i mean that's what
0: the post office is charging the shipping so it's yeah just... absolutely well I, I mean i bought i bought the last 36 crazy fists um album actually at their show um and they even had a machine um a chart machine there where they could scan the barcode and it and and it registered the sale on you on the uk sales network really yeah so they actually had uh, one of those machines at the show. So every disc that was sold at the show is registered as an official UK sale. So they can, so, so they could try. I mean, I'd never seen that before. I'd never seen yeah. that
2: before. That's
0: crazy. I mean, I was, just, I was just, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm still impressed. If you, I'm still impressed if you can pay by card with a band. But that, that was just like the next level.
1: Yeah. It does help out with their record labels and everything
0: like that? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's you know, it's leave it's making sure that every single co- <laughs> you know, every single copy Are you alright there, mate? You're coughing yeah, like that. I'm, I'm just
1: uh, I'm just uh, a little cough attack here and just got coughed <laughs> out now, so uh <laughs> Sorry about
0: that. No, no, it's all right. Don't worry. As you know, I will not be editing it out. So, um, <laughs> yeah. It's fine
1: with
0: me. Yeah, yeah. We're all good. We're all good. Well, look, man, I'm going to let you go and get a, a glass of water or something. And um, look, it's, gra- it's great to have you on. How can people get in touch with you and, and um, how's it best for bands to contact
2: you? <coughs> oh, well, you
1: can find me on the web at globalthrashassault.com. I'm on Facebook at facebookcom forward slash global Thrash Assault. I'm on Twitter as well at uh, at GTA Assault. And my email uh, is media at global assaultcom But you can you know send me a message. You can uh, you can tweet me, email me. I'm um, you know whatever it is. I'm you know I'm pretty open to however you know you people like to communicate. Whether it's a direct message or a message, an email, whatever it is.
0: Yeah, sure, but there's basically absolutely every way possible of getting hold of you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm easy to find, I guess.
0: Have you got a Global Thrash Assault YouTube channel yet?
1: I do. It's, uh,
0: nice, so you see you left that out as well. People can message I you I do. I do YouTube channel.
1: You I think it's uh, youtube.com forward slash Global Thrash Assault. I don't really use that at the time, but I do have plans to kind of make, you know, some videos where I can, like, you know, further discuss the scene, stuff like that. You know, maybe play some music.
0: And you've got a, you've got a compilation album on the, uh, on Bandcamp as well, haven't you? I,
1: I do, I do. I have two compilation albums out, actually. Uh, they're both available for free download at, uh, bandcamp.com forward slash global Assault. No, I'm sorry. It's com. And yeah, these are two, I think, I think there's close to 50 tracks between the two of them, and it's all free to download
0: that's awesome Bench. man!
1: That's literally awesome. all around the world
0: yeah because I, I I noticed a, um, I noticed there was a Visceral Attack song on one of the compilations
1: yes uh, Wreck Your Neck Volume 2 I think it
0: was called fucking that what one. a band
1: I love Visceral Attack man
0: yeah absolutely killer, man yeah ab- that's and it got a proper old school sound as well
1: they really do they, they have that nice you know crossover killer just fast furious you know what I mean like, I love bands like
0: that. I oh, really do. Totally, it reminds reminds me a bit of sort of almost uh, early DRI because it's just like yeah. s- sometimes it sounds like it's going to go off the rails any minute. It's fucking great. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think
1: they're from Ireland too.
0: Yeah, they are. So, yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw them with um, I, I saw well actually I saw them with um, Gamma Bomb and I and um, uh, and me and Joe from Gamma Bomb got up and um, uh, and did vocals on. Um, Nuclear. I think they did a cover a cover of Nuclear War by Nuclear Assault, and um, and we um, yeah we got up and did backing vocals on it. It was awesome, man. It was real fun. Awesome. That is
1: awesome, man. <laughs> <What's that? laughs>
0: uh, it was great fun. Was great fun. Well, look, man. It's um, it's great to have you on. You'll have to come back on sometime, and um, uh, uh, e- either next time you're over, or if I'm over there, we'll have to hook up, have a beer, and um, uh, and talk metal until we both fall
1: asleep. Oh, absolutely, man. That sounds great.
0: Cool. Well, look, it's it's a really ple- real pleasure having you on, Chad. Thanks for taking the time out of your day.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been great to uh, great to be on. Then, like I said, I'm an avid listener, so this has been cool. I was actually in the hotel room in Glasgow when you uh when you messaged me. and I was like, oh my god, like yeah. So yeah, you made my you made my uh awesome vacation even better. So uh, oh, thank that, you. Good to be on. Oh, that's
0: brilliant. Oh wow. So you were so you were actually in the UK when I messaged you. Yes, yes. Ah, right, okay, cool. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. Um, (laughs) Nice one. Okay, well, look, mate, um, you know, the UK says hi, thanks for coming, and we hope to see you soon.
1: Absolutely, man. Thank you.
0: No worries. Take care, dude. Take it easy. See ya. Bye. Bye
2: -bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.
0: And that's my man, Chad, there. so there you go. Uh that was really cool, really cool chat. Um I, I, and you know, it unfolded as you heard. I didn't know that um that you know, he was even vaguely new Acid Rain or Talking bollocks or anything like anything like that. So it was that was really really uh that was it was a kind of fun surprise to find out. Um but anyway, and we we've, we've stayed in touch as well and he's um he, he's heard the new um new Acid Rain stuff, well the new Acid Rain song and he's, um he's been very complimentary about that and um it, he's uh, he's going to be helping us out and stuff and he's just, just a really nice guy and you know I can't um stress enough that uh you should get to globalthrashassault.com or uh, or tweet him at gtassault um that level of commitment and and the the conversation we had there that I just have to you know remind people listening especially in the UK that the in the states it's People who live in Manchester complain if a gig's in London. People who live in Scotland have a right old moan if something doesn't even go as far as Newcastle, don't play Scotland at all and stuff like that. Um, and when you think how small our island is compared to just a state in America, people have to drive, you know, an eight-hour round trip for a gig is no biggie. Well, you heard, you heard the fucking conversation, you know. So um, so all you people who... Fucking moan when a band is playing like in one town away or stuff like that. Just, just get in a fucking car, get on a train, do whatever you have to do to go. That's 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 basically what I'm saying. But anyway, you know, that's me, uh, bitching and moaning. So um, next up is my interview with Keith Carr Harris. Um, uh, this is completely completely different. I actually saw Keith being interviewed on. Um, oh uh the metal evolution and he was on the thrash episode um and i thought oh who's he so i googled him and found him and sent him a tweet um and um no i sent, I sent him an email or something like that, and he emailed me back and went is that h <laughs> i was like cool so um so yeah keith very kindly invited uh, invited me round to his house which i then like a dickhead Went and mentioned his address whilst I was interviewing him. So there is a sneaky little edit in here, the first, um, I've probably ever done, um, first proper edit. So there's a sneaky little edit, uh, you may notice, you may. you may not, but yeah, um, uh, because I met, which is very fucking stupid, so, uh, my apologies, Keith, um, and, um, uh the, the interview takes part in three in three parts. I ain't gonna lie to you, I was pissing like a racehorse that night. And um, I kept having to go up to go to the loo. It's just it was bizarre. It was it was quite weird. It was quite un- it's quite uncomfortable actually. Because I've I've I felt like I, I felt I was gonna say I felt bad for Keith, but not bad, but just like you know, awkward slash uncomfortable slash yeah. This is a bit. Hey, get it slash slash piss. Anyway, um, yeah. Oh, there's a lot of that coming up. Um, but anyway, look. Yeah, when all said and done, um, uh, we had we had a really good talk. Um, uh, and a fascinating guy. Um, he um uh, he is yeah yeah. Well, look um key uh khan hyphen Harris. That's can k a h n hyphen Harris dot org. That's his website um the the metal part of its is harrisorg category forward slash metal hyphen jew um so uh, yeah there's lots of really interesting stuff to talk about um uh keith brought our book on on extreme metal back in 2007 which we which we discuss as well um and, and again it's it's another fascinating journey there's a lot of um there's 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 a lot of us just kind of um, uh, reminiscing like a couple of old cunts, frankly. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I've I've listened to the whole thing again, and I, I think it's um, it comes out really well. And uh, and Keith Keith is a lovely guy. He invited me round to his house, um, and um, despite the fact that his kids had been ill all day and all right, he still didn't mind me coming round and um, battering his toilet. Um, so uh, so yeah, we had a we had a we had a really good um, really good chat. And 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 I also feel quite bad because he's had to wait quite a while for this interview because I think we. We might have even done this at the end of last year or, or like early this year. So it's, it's been it's been a um, it's been it's been too long, actually. My apologies, Keith. Um, but hopefully um, it's finally worthwhile because it's the writer's special. So we like that. Anyway, um, with no for no more further ado, um, myself having a chat with Keith Carn harris Actually. I'm still hardly now. Uh, I'm, uh, so um, here I am with Keith Carn Harris, um, extreme metal um, expert and self-proclaimed metal Jew. Um, Hello. Uh, yeah. We're going to get to that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> kinda. Kinda. Um, but I stopped doing the blog. So.
0: And uh, I just want to say, uh, regular listeners, that um, <laughs> Keith's question, just as I switched, just before I switched recording on, was. So, um, do you edit this? <laughs> and my usual response was, no. And he was like, oh, right, okay. So, yeah, so obviously it's, um, it's going to be another cool interview because um, that's, basically the re- that's the reaction everybody
3: has. No, so, no, that's fine. I'm, I, I'm cool with that. I mean, I did ask you how you found out about me and then I remembered there's a thing called the internet. <laughs> and, and I'd imagine that you probably made use of that. Uh, if you yeah, I did actually.
0: Well, funnily enough, um, I, I was actually—I was going to say no, it wasn't, but yes, it was because I was watching it on YouTube. And last time I checked, yeah, that is on the internet. Um, it was—I um, was watching the extreme metal episode of uh, Metal Evolution. Oh ah, yes. And you came on and you were interviewed, and um, and I thought, I swear, I recognise that road in the background. I swear, I re- I, 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 and I thought. But he doesn't live far away from me. He'll be good for an interview. You know where that yeah.
3: was done? It was done in a, in a posh hotel in um, off Marlborough Road. The was it the Langham? No, not oh, L- yeah. the Langham Hilton. Yeah, something like that I was done. Right. On the right. Right. the, the, the harder the, the hard suite there. The a the suite there to do it, and um, they interviewed me there. But then afterwards, they went and interviewed the guys from Carcass. But they did that in a pub, probably because. You know, it's grittier, a bit cooler. Whereas I was the sort of effete academic who got to be interviewed in the, uh,
2: the posh hotel yeah. suite. Yeah. I
3: know, I know. It's funny because that posh hotel suite, right, is just was just one
0: light switch away from you looking like <laughs> basically unwilling, <laughs> unwilling to be recognised on TV. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, yeah. That, I that whole
3: setting was just like right. Okay. They did the previous one. I was interviewed also for the Thrash episode they did on um, of of their um, the Metal Evolution series. And that was in the, That was in the the roof terrace of Iron Maiden's hotel, which is just I can't remember what it's called, but Iron Maiden own a hotel, um, just off Piccadilly Circus. Oh, really? Yeah, it's got a bar there with a jacuzzi next to it, that kind of stuff. Right. Okay. Rel- relatively rock and roll, so to speak. Yeah. And since I don't get to do many rock and roll things, it was quite you know. Yeah, that, like, that I sounds don't, pretty. I that don't sounds get pretty out cool. much, you know. <laughs> marvellous
0: um well yes yeah, so I, I saw you on that and um uh, and i will have already mentioned this on the podcast before the interview but um i sent you an email in fact i've still got your email so i'll probably read it out before we do before i introduce this but yeah i've got your because there's a running kind of gag that goes through the whole since we've been doing this which is coming up 14 15 months don't switch my phone off um uh, so you really, you, are I, professional? I, I, you? Absolutely, totally. I've come around this here to slick. blow. I've, I've, <laughs> I've come around here to blow you away with my uh, professionalism. Um, so, um, so anyway. Um, oh, by the way, um, we are next to. We're in the kitchen, and we're next to um, Keith's wife and uh, children who are watching TV. So, um, uh, regular podcast fans will realise that I am. Uh, I'm going to do try and do this uh, swearing free, which will be a real achievement. So. Um, don't worry. To be honest, oh, so. we've reached
3: the stage now as parents, my kids are 12 and 8, that we're starting to watch TV. The sort of TV we watch with them is increasingly becoming the TV we actually like. And that means sometimes TV where they're swearing. T- TV so, has so Well, I, I was watching last night, I was watching Mitchell and Webb. You know, I like Mitchell and Webb, as comedians, and that's full of swearing. I mean, it's not filthy, but you know. Yeah. Okay. So don't well, worry about
0: it. Swear if you want. Yeah. Okay. Be, but don't don't don't, tell me, <laughs> don't 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 give me a free license because I will. You know, I will have you. We'll both be sleeping at my house tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, the email. Yeah. I, I, yeah, so, yeah. thank you very well done. Well, no, just, yeah, well back to the email. No, I you know well done because I love to go
3: off on tangents, but thank you. One of us is professional it's and like bringing a... us
0: back to bring us back to the subject.
3: It was um, like Roddy Cor- Corbett, anyway. The producer, as the producer was saying to me. <laughs>
0: yes. Um, well, um, you say that, and we'll go back to this. We'll, go, okay. we'll go back to the um, the question. Which, uh, yeah. So I, I emailed you, and um, as regular listeners will. Oh, so, yes. Yeah, has been quite a nice tangent. Um, uh, we'll we'll know that the, the, basically the the big gag is that over the length of time we've been doing this, um, I've interviewed a number of people I've met. Back in the day, toured with, played whatever, or no. and um, uh, and it might have been fleetingly or whatever, but um, basically, it's usually oh right now, sorry, I don't, I, I don't remember you. <laughs> uh, so, so you are um, uh, oh, apart from um, Craig Le Cicero from Forbidden, um, who was like, yeah, dude, I remember you. Um, but uh, yeah, so anyway, um, I got in touch with you, and you
3: said, uh, yeah, it well. must be H. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now, I remember because because. The, the first metal gig I went to. Oh, uh, okay. Sorry, I'm just going to get ready to feel really fucking old. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit younger than you, I think. Probably. <laughs> I was when I was. I think I was 17, which is a bit old for a first metal gig. But it was at the it was at the Marquee, um, and I think it was you and Slammer. Oh no, it wasn't. Actually, you were you were, you were all at the second gig I went to. Oh. It was Acid rain at the Marquee. Sorry. sorry. I'm to,
0: oh, you, from the, I, I saw I, you I, twice. I, th- I thought I was going to get like the first ever metal gig and yeah. I was gonna say to my I was gonna say to the listeners, you see? Well I, actually it might be it's some second gig. It's all
3: kind of blurring, it was nineteen eighty nine, I think. Yeah. But it was I remember that certainly Slammer and Zentrix were at the first gig. And if you ever played on a bill with Slammer and Zentrix? we only,
0: we only ever played with Zentrix once. Um, they opened for us and then we, and we opened for Exodus. Um, so it was like in that order. They no. went the first, we went second. And then the, the only time we ever played with Slammer was before we'd even put a record out and before they'd um, even been signed. So, it, so no, we, we, it was really weird. We never played with Slammer and Zentrix.
3: Well, there we? was that sort of whole
0: late 80s. Or, actually, actually, we never played with Sabbath either. So we, we, and we played with Onslaught twice. And so the only time we played with Zentrix was with Onslaught.
3: That late 80s Brit thrash period, there was a sort of, it was quite a, quite a distinctively British sort of scene. Yeah. There was, and it's not, I wouldn't say it's entirely forgotten, but it, but it, but it's not, it, it, it doesn't get talked of in the same breath as the German and Bay Area scene or anything like that.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, it's quite easy to see why as well. I mean, it's, it was a very parochial scene. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I absolutely have, I'm totally, totally proud of what uh, of what I did, and I'm, you know, I'm not sure she'll still get the occasional spin because that's my favourite of the albums. But *Fears I mean,
2: Mental*
0: and *Moshkinstein* is just, yeah, kids. But um, it, it's it's it, it's it's just fucking, you know, it, it, being there at the time and then seeing how the world's changed now as well. To have my kind of like twenty five year old cousin saying to me, who's in a metal band, saying to me, "I wish I'd been around when you were." All those gigs happening all the time, loads of people at, or, or, oh, yeah.
2: you know, it was, it, it
3: was, was it, it,
0: well, it was, it was. A, let's face it, it was a boom time for Thrash. If you were, a, yeah, but these any...
3: things go sort of in waves, don't they? And and it was, it was. I tell you what, I liked about that. About what it was, what was distinctively British about it was there was that whole. It's what part of the distinctively British uh, take on metal is the lack of seriousness. So you had you guys, you had Lawnmower Death. Um, I'm trying to think of more actually. No, uh, we probably, it was it was probably, probably just you and Lawnmower Death. Actually, That's right, yeah. Who was sort of? I mean, you were a bit more you were more serious than Lawnmower Death were. Lomo Death really were a joke band. Well, yeah, know. but
0: to be fair, I think you know if you're going to say we were we were more serious than Lormo Death, you can lump us in with every other band Bad, in it, the country uh, at the time,
3: <laughs> with the exception of possibly Metal Duck. Well, I'm, they were the only band. I remember hearing the best named band actually. I remember listening to the Radio One Roadshow. This dates me about 1989. And there was a guy who was interviewed for Bits and Pieces. Do you remember the game yeah. they used to play? That was it. Uh, pizza, and, and, and it was. Um, he said he was in a band called Food Processor Death. I
2: thought <laughs> <laughs> that was great.
0: I never oh, heard. Wow, it. that's that's a whole. Well, actually, that that ties in with we've been talking on the show quite um, about various like <laughs> like the fucking ludicrous. Um, excuse me, ludicrous. Um, I'm trying not to swear. The uh, uh, the ludicrous genre names there's like boogie death metal and boogie death metal we had we had all there, there was another one that was uh, Oh, I can't, I can't remember it but it was it was literally like I, I don't know just like you know clouds and trees death metal and I it was just ne- oh, how was it nature metal
3: nature. seriously nature metal no that's recently that's sort of like you, you talk about that with bands like Walls in the Throne Room or something or Fenn or something like that there's a brilliant blog there's a brilliant blog called Website Called Fight Club, P H Y T E Fight Club, which oh. is dedicated to the intersection between metal and horticulture. So <laughs> people are into horticulture oh and botany oh and metal. God. Really? So fight, yeah, it's real. It's that's,
0: a, that's so fits with the. That's so fits with um, this podcast, which is a load of bollocks. So well, it's, now,
2: it's so, so now st- we've
3: got this utterly ridiculous website. That, um, I did a blog post once called "The Top Ten Metal Hybrids," like metal and so and so, and one of them was. Um, Christian death metal and coffee there is a there is a Christian death metal band called Tourniquet who have their own brand of coffee uh, right
0: but, they, but uh, funnily enough you've hit on an interesting subject and this is it, uh, this may interest you you may not you may know or already know this you may not but um, uh, bands in the States going and and I mean there is a there is a, a big Christian metal scene there's a big Christian scene the but um, basically if you if you go down the christian metal route whether be you be christian or not um, it's considerably more profitable and you're, consider- you're you're way more likely to be able to be a, a a working musician if you go for the god dollar because it's, it's really it's, including yeah, christian death metal no, no, ab- yeah absolutely because
3: certainly, maybe in the states but certainly
2: oh, no,
0: no, no, it's no. not oh no 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 i'm just mean, purely, I... sorry sorry i should have qualified that this is this something that's happening in the
3: States? There's a big scene in Scandinavia, but there's a big everything metal scene in, America, in Scandinavia. Um, but America's kind of world of its own in mm. terms of fundamentalist Christianity and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Ab- Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. So, anyway, yes, so Tordekay so, so so yeah, yeah. Christian Black Metal Coffee. There's another one. <laughs> there's also um, on YouTube, there's this fantastic guy called Vegan Black Metal Chef, <laughs> which is mixtures of. <laughs> vegan cookery and black metal and he does it all to a black metal soundtrack and he has things like stages in preparation crush the potatoes on the altar of satan and stuff like that
0: so this is i'm supposed to be providing the comedy i'm supposed to be the comedian this is great stuff but i'm not funny myself i'm just
3: quoting other people who <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, it's, it, you're still bringing it to the table. That's but sti- Literally I mean, to the table.
3: We're at the kitchen table. We're at the kitchen table. But, but, but seriously, the, the, seriously. Yeah, the, seriously, um, don't be serious. It's something distinctive about uh, British metal. I mean, so yeah. if you go back to Venom as well, I mean, Venom they're was... They were hilarious. They're hilarious and they, I mean, they got a bit more serious, but, and they were serious at the same time as they were funny. But there's this like, distinctive Britishness about... Um, You couldn't imagine the sort of Norwegian church burnings happening in Britain. It would just never have happened if you listen to... Oh, no, God,
0: no. no, um, Yeah, but let's face it. You, if, you, if you're if you in a country that's dark half the year, of course you're going to go fucking burn some churches down. Well, they were I not mean, made of
3: wood. They were made of wood, so it's quite so easy. Well,
0: if if, if God hadn't wanted them to burn, then why <laughs> did he make them out of wood? That see? would be the question. Would be the question. That would uh, be the question. I'm best. on fire here. Oh, I've done it again. Oh. I will tell you a professional oh, in
3: the comedy world. Oh. Did you see that, though?
0: <laughs> wood, wood, fire, the whole thing? Just,
3: Brilliant. Just, Brilliant. Like I'm, a house- I'm in awe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well... You should be my... Yes, you should be a young man.
3: Um. The, the other thing as well is also um, is sort of metal... I mean, you're, you're from the north. and, and <laughs> <laughs> I just throw that in there like some sort of casual insult. Oh, no, yeah no, from from, okay. from the north. Well, I'm a soft southern <laughs> bastard, but... But metal is right. very much... In <laughs> like, Britain, its, it's, it's heartlands are it's certainly north of London, north of what we've got.
0: Ne- next you'll be saying, you know nothing, Howard Smith. You <laughs> know nothing.
3: Where, you from, where are you from?
0: Um, oh, it's, it's, this is a bit... Um, uh, I'm from a little place called Nairsborough, which is next to Harrogate in New Yorkshire. And, um, and the funny thing is, like, when, I do my, when I do my Keith Platt comedy character, who's a professional Yorkshireman, people come up to me afterwards and... Um, like, if they recognise me in mm. there. And they'll be like, oh, hey, i get to and say So you're really from Yorkshire? And if they're from Yorkshire, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, great. We're down here. We're, you know, are you from Yorkshire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What part are Yorkshire from? And they go, Harrogate. And you look on, and those, the look on their face just changes to one, of, to one of disappointment. And they just go, go on, you can say it. It's not dropping Yorkshire, is it? And I was like, for fuck's sake.
3: It's quite posh, isn't it?
0: Um, it? Yeah, it's a spa town. So yeah. it's basically Bath up north, if you can imagine that. It's basically quite nice. So basically people know. have a lot of potpourri. Uh, <laughs> in fact, they can't eat enough of it. <laughs> they can't eat enough potpourri. <laughs> yeah.
3: Them. But you get sort of... So so like West Midlands was always big in metal. Yes. And, but also South Yorkshire, places like Dewsbury and stuff. And, and Sheffield have always had sort of... And Leeds. Some, and Leeds and stuff. Always. Leeds has always been sort of big, bigger metal town. London is... You get a, I've sometimes had sort of in, metal fans from board come to London and they expect the because it's London, they mm. expect the metal scene to be enormous. And it's not really. Yeah. You go to an you know you go to a to an underground death metal night and, and you've got a city of what however many million people and you Eight get to <laughs> Yeah, and you'll get like, I don't know, hundred, two hundred people. Which is probably what the same you get in Leeds, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um you know, London's. It's metal. Metal always thrives in places that are a little bit, not in the absolute sticks, not not in the Outer Hebrides, but sort of places that are a little bit, a little bit more marginal.
0: Hey, so, I'll, I'll have you know, I, I've played Alloa Town Hall, all right? Alloa Town Hall. Yeah. Oh, actually, no, it was yeah, it was it, yeah, Alloa, Devondale, oh. Devondale Hall in Alloa, and the local Nazi party turned up.
3: Right, for you or against you? Just, <laughs> to,
0: for a laugh for a thrash gig for a you know Not much to we, used to, we used to get you see we used to get punks back in the day because and, and we always thought we always thought the weird thing was that we always thought that um, punks came just because they enjoyed thrash metal and it and it wasn't until years later that like you know I, I I'm we heard from various people and was told by something So, well no it was like it was the it was the fact that you appealed with that kind of like punk um attitude which uh, which funnily enough is that it's there's there's this two views of that attitude of what you're talking about that that not giving a shit and that and that element of humor and that is that um it's to punks it was perceived as they're all right they don't give a shit whereas to metal journalists, it was perceived as, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's jokery and you can't have that in metal. Um,
3: well, you were a little bit more on the, the punk end of thrash. The, I mean, it was, yeah, I, I,
0: I don't know how that happened.
3: I was not complaining at all. I'd see you as a little bit different. To, I, I always put you in the same category as maybe musically you're quite similar to things like gangrene or or you know bands like that crossover bands in america God, that's fucking weird
0: oh right okay now i know what you mean i know what you mean but like the overall aesthetic of the band yeah yeah not specifically musically
3: well no in the sense that that you were a little you had a bit of a punkier edge to thrash i mean you weren't you were not like creator or anything like that it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> no it wasn't shame it wasn't, it wasn't or, or or you know or or you played with exes but i didn't really i never thought of you in the same uh, no, oh no, neither did
0: we. Good lord, no. Good lord, I, no.
3: But hey, it's, hey,
0: so we, we, you know, we, we haven't um, haven't rocked up here to, um, uh, to talk. Go, go through my career. No,
3: it's just, it's, it's just nice to to um, to, to think about. I think of it affectionately. In part, I've been thinking about that period because I started going to metal gigs with two friends, um, Elliot and Dave. Um, and Dave, the uh, Dave. Um, Passed away a couple of years ago, so partly mm-hmm. I sorry, kind, kind of ago. so kind of thinking about that sort of period oh, gives right. me sort of like a, fair, a, a, fair, a fairly war, a fairly warm feeling, and also yeah. because I'm realising now I'm actually quite old. I'm 43.
2: Oh, will you fuck off! I'm
0: 44. <sighs> that's just that's life. It you is. The, as, 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 as I say to anybody who complains
3: about age, right? Um, it's better than the alternative. No, there's some good things about being in your forties. I mean, I actually.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah like,
3: no. like You're Still Alive would be chiefly, <laughs> my, that's my favourite one, that's my top one, I've got to say. Yeah, well, that's not setting the bar very high, is it, so you still, I mean, in the, in the tw- in yeah, okay, a thousand okay, okay, years yeah, ago, yeah, being right, alive at the age of 44 was quite an achievement.
0: Yeah, yeah well, hey, look, yeah, I'm going old school, right,
3: yeah. <laughs> a little bit retro, but a, a thousand years like... ago, what's wrong with that, man? <laughs> uh, um, These but, uh, days, it's... it's yeah, no, no, I get that. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I, I tell you what I, I, I tell what I, I, miss was, it, was, it, is the excitement of discovery, of, of new music and stuff like that. It, is that when you get to a certain period, you've you've heard so much music and, and so much has happened, that it's very very difficult to be surprised and energized. In the yeah, same I, yeah, way. okay.
0: I, I would say the last band that made me jump up <laughs> was um was the first Slipknot. Album. That's, probably well, that's a going low. back that's, a bit, that's ninety nine or something. Yeah, I, I'm, no, I'm well aware of when it came out. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, 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 uh, I'm agreeing with you, and uh, I, I, I do. I think it's um, there's still stuff
3: that, that that makes
0: me. jump. In fact, that's a, I hadn't thought of it like that, but um, that's now massively
3: depressed me. <laughs> no, sorry, <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Well, um, that's that's actually the the. the um, no, I mean stuff still excites me, but 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 I've been thinking about it a lot, partly because a book that I'm i've published bits on blog posts and, and a couple of lectures but it's a book that i'm starting to 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 work on which would be precisely about these sorts of issues which is about um how in this sort of w- what happens to metal in its fifth decade when you're in a world of instant when, when the world where everything is connected so all yeah. the music is available instantly yeah, yeah. um and what that does to scenes, and what that does to metal—it's not just metal; it's other scenes as well. And yeah. um, and, and, the, and the sort of kind of crisis that that. that do, you, creates. do you think
0: we're heading into? Uh, do you think we're heading into the end of days? <sighs> um, no, well, not literally. I don't so think the world's literally going to end. But I, I, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, I just had to say that because I felt like we were. In, I, I,
3: I felt like we'd, we would getting into sort of, apocalyptic territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah we
0: were. We, yeah, we'd got into that sort of Hollywood. <laughs>
3: Well, I just think that there's um, um it's, it's a real paradox because I think that um, to some extent metal has never been more diverse, more yeah. exciting, yeah. More, more incredible range of subgenres all the all, all way around the world, still incredibly vital, um, but at the same time it's losing its kind of shape. I mean, it's losing its sense of historical progression because everything is available all at once. Nothing ever goes out of style in the way that it used to. It used to have waves of, of things. So you had Thrash, and then Thrash lost popularity to death metal, and then death metal lost popularity to black mm. metal. I mean, it's a bit more complicated than that, but basically... <laughs> yeah, yeah, now we're um, yeah, yeah. Whereas, paraphrasing we're, yeah. Paraphrasing, whereas now it's sort of like everything all at once. And it's, it's a bit difficult to deal with. Yeah. Uh, but then again, some people have criticised my argument when I've read, read uh, you know, uh, saying that, uh, well, it reflects the worldview of, uh, <laughs> of someone in their 40s and that perhaps 18-year-olds to, uh, into metal today probably don't feel that way, which may or may not be true, I'm not entirely sure. Um, it's certainly, but, but the difference is, is that, that if you're 18 years old today, you don't get quite the same ex- you don't have to search these out as oh yeah not no, no, no. oh that's yeah it's absolutely difficult to oh no
0: you, I mean you, you you if you if you hear if I recommend a band to you now and say hey uh, this band,
2: you uh, you, you get your phone
0: out and you could be watching a video of the new single straight away yeah no it's it's the difference between that and um, me and Gaz getting on a train and going to Leeds which is like, as, like 15, 16-year-old kids getting, getting on a train, travelling 30 miles to the, net, to the city, going to Virgin Records, traipsing, you know, trawling through all the heavy metal imports and trying to find things like by destruction and DRI and, and trouble well, and shit also, like that. You,
3: and it's like, well, yeah, that's... You'd have to shell out for stuff that you... I, I used to have to buy stuff that I'd never heard. That simply on the too. off yeah. chance oh, yeah, that yeah. I'd like it and I got some real duds.
0: <laughs> well yeah but you, you'll have done the same thing that we all did which was you, 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 um, one way of checking is well for a start the label is going to be a certain amount of guarantee yeah. of quality from the label if it's like a roadrunner or if it's a metal name, right. or if it's an mfn or an earache or an under one flag or rough justice or whatever but also um, if the band how they're dressed <laughs> Um, but also, if they've got any band t-shirts on. I mean, I, the, only reason, the only reason that I ordered the first Suicidal Tendencies album, haven't heard them at all, but I just kept seeing all these suicidal peaked baseball caps in shots and everything else, and the suicidal t-shirts. Yeah. And I just thought, this band are an influence, so I ordered it from Shades, totally sight unseen. Didn't have a clue what I was going to get. Yeah. Um, and what I got was um, prob- probably and I'll get shouted down for this but probably their best album as far as
3: I'm concerned I, really, I used to love the, uh, the way the look of suicidal tendencies but it, it's kind of, I didn't buy the hat, but when I actually finally heard them I was kind of slightly disappointed <laughs>
0: um, I, <laughs> and so, no I, I, I definitely I get what you mean no, I get they, what you they mean because I, Cause I thought... was
3: from, from getting that album on I was disappointed with it. It's funny to say with I found the same with Biohazard. It's sort of like that sort of American, really deeply serious, built like a brick shit house kind of rapcore. It looked really tough and exciting, but it never quite did it for me.
0: So, um, as you were saying, there's a, there's a danger in nostalgia. You know what they say? It's not what it used to be. Yeah, I said that first. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> very clever. That's you... Yeah, yeah, a little bit of editing, and uh, boom, it's all. We well, have to edit that bit out. As <laughs> yeah, well. I know. Um, um, no, I don't
3: edit this. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's. I don't want to be sound like a grumpy old man. I mean, and and yeah, I, yeah, I, I know, I, I know. I mean, it, it's yeah. it, metal still excites me, and, and I'm sure for eighteen year olds, it's still just ex- exciting. Um, but. It, but, but something's been lost as well i think and, and that's not, not that's not unique to metal it's unique to sort of culture generally the fact that everything is available instantly not always for free but often for free um you know when you said you didn't want to sound like a grumpy old man i just am <laughs> i <laughs> am you you've, you've really not done a very well, good you, job well, i'll tell you an example is is my kids both of them were off sick from school today um and so they spent the day basically watching TV all day. Now, right. when I was... When uh, I along, along with their other job, annoying you? Well, <laughs> I work at home, so I was trying to work while, while tending to their every need. And but big ba- luck with that. But basically their every need was to watch TV today and I bought them pot noodles for lunch, which is what I always do when they're ill. Anyway, um, that's how good a father I am. But yes, <laughs> you could have just bought them pot. <laughs> Very amusing. Um, and and ba- when I was ill as a kid you'd watch and you watch TV all day which you're allowed to do when you're ill Um, um, you'd have to watch whatever was on because there would only be like four four channels or whatever and uh, for a large part of the day it was stuff that was not particularly what you would ideally want to watch well my kids watch friends for the entire day because (laughs) friends because it's the I don't know what. what have you done well,
0: Have you? What kind of father? She's are you? Eight year,
3: my daughter's eight years old, and quite frankly, I don't know what sort that, of education that, that, she's getting So that's friends. old enough to know
0: better, it's as far fair. as I'm concerned. Friends is well known to appeal to those with a mental age of eight and under. Well, <laughs> she's too I old for it.
3: Pro- I fucking hate that program. Well, can you imagine what it's like today? Still. The yeah. theme sheet every half an hour oh. for about eight hours today.
0: Uh, I don't. Oh, I, that's you, honestly you have my genuine sympathy you really did but having said that you chose to have kids so no actually you don't I didn't to have kids are into friends yeah well, well no but some would say you did, have, you did have a certain amount of control over them you know you know what I mean <laughs> yes yeah, well why it, weren't they watching Iron Maiden videos from like two years old well
3: as I said I got if you if you want kids who are into metal yeah. the one thing you must absolutely um, not do is play is is is, is force it on them
0: Okay, no, no, I, I get, that at a certain age, but I'm talking indoctrination age. I'm talking you have in to the womb, really. in the womb when they're a, you know, when they, when they, you know, they're a little baby in their crib and they've got like, you know, Metallica lullabies. I did. We actually cause, cause not, not kids that kids that old don't know don't know what every metal is. They don't know. I I, I bought a CD
3: else. of when they're about. Son was about three or four. I bought a CD that I found online called Rockosaurus Rex. Which is heavy metal nursery rhymes, right? Okay. Which we used to play in the car sometimes. Nice. nice. When well, they're a bit older, um, I got them. I played some a- a- Storm to them. They are quite like. A- you remember a- the, the the Scottish pirate <laughs> pirate metal band? All their songs are about pirates. <laughs> really? They're quite fun. They're quite
0: fun. I I cannot believe that I've not heard of them. They're I cannot speak, believe you know, they're that they're, because. Because that sounds like something <laughs> that you fun. know fun. Th- that would They're be a lot of fun. I, I'm, I'm sure they are, and I'm, so, I'm in no way
3: meaning to sound. So the kids host. like that, um, but you know, I haven't played um, Marduk or, um, um, well, <laughs> yeah. or, or um, Venom or, or Acid Rain for that matter. My apologies. Oh. I was saying before, you like I said earlier, what kind of father <laughs> are you to not play my children <laughs> I just, Acid yeah, Rain?
0: Exactly. Honestly, and <laughs> I, I, you know. Oh.
3: Never did me any harm. I
0: should have brought. I should have brought. Um, I should have brought a copy of the Apple Core Archives around for you, or or, or, or rather more for them.
3: <laughs> I'm sure they receive it with complete bafflement.
0: Well, well, you know. Eleven ninety nine Amazon.
3: <laughs> you still buy it seriously?
0: Um, we well no. Um, we put a um, a triple CD out in um, August last year called the Applecore Archives, and it's basically a box set of every song we ever recorded. And is it still sell? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, I always say go to your local record store; they're almost certain to have it in, and ha- and that sounds like a really fucking bold statement, and sounds like you know I've maybe lost the plot a little when it comes to uh, to the band's popularity but I say that with full confidence knowing that if there's a record shop near you that's stocking it it has not sold one copy <laughs> it is still there that's how I can say it will be in stock you know what I like talking um, to we, last check last check we'd sold
3: 475 that's not bad actually
0: that's not bad at all well funnily enough you sound, you sound like Mark Palmer did at um, uh, uh, oh god is it Century Media isn't it they don't, I don't think don't nuclear blast? well one of the two either way um, yeah he checked and he went oh he, he said oh, for a band that hasn't done anything for 20 odd years with no promotion you know it's, it's
3: not bad at yeah. all I mean oh, no, I it's, it's, I
0: liked. It's, only, it's by the way it's CD only but I'm doing my sales pitch now because you didn't know about this it's CD only right and um, it's available now and you should go and buy it <laughs> <laughs> right thank you no do you know what I, would, I, 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 I don't have a record, record shop I don't
3: have a record shop near me Really? You do, actually. You at your fingertips. It's called Amazon. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what I like to talk to musicians about is talking about their Spotify royalties. Like, oh, oh, that's zero a, oh, a No, there's there's a way to wind people up. I've seen mine. If you, if you, if you, was it 0.002? Oh, it's, it's,
0: it's frightening. It's I, frightening. You see what you get paid for streaming. I mean, do you know what? It, 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 it's, it's literally, monetarily, it's like someone... Thing really slowly. In I'm rear.
3: not sure it's even that. I mean I heard, I, I, I can't remember who it was but I think it might be Farrell or some massive, massive artist that their Spotify royalty for last year was a thousand dollars
0: or something. That, I mean that would be serious, but, but just just t- serious but units. But that
3: said, I, I don't use Spotify but I use one of its rivals called Radio which is the same, the same, same model and frankly mm-hmm. it's, I use it all the time so I'm part of the problem rather than the solution.
0: Uh, I buy CD, CDs I still I try and be part of the um, I d- I, I, a, but am, I, am I part of the problem or am I part of the problem? well solution? I tell you what's good what about, am one thing of good of about Amazon des- desperately hanging on to the old days you know. one thing that's very times. good about
3: Amazon is, is that they do do this deal that is actually really really good which for some recordings you can buy the oh, CD and you get the MP3 thrown in
0: yeah they send you, you, you buy it and they send you the MP3 straight away
3: yeah, you could. There's a. I used to got on my phone. I got a, There's an Amazon MP3 app, mm-hmm. and all the CDs that I bought in the last um, five, six years or whatever, are all on there to download. So that is actually quite a good deal. That is actually the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just very curious about music. So you know, I like the fact that there's these streaming services and there's YouTube. Oh um, yeah. Well, look, we all use them. I mean, it's you know, you'd,
0: you'd have to be. A complete Luddite to have your head stuck in the sand going, No no, I'm only gonna listen to
3: the radio. Well there's, and, there's, and, with, there's a counter trend. There's um I saw this underground black but there are underground cassette only labels now. Um, but I saw the God, The f- fucking they didn't fuck up. <laughs> the best well, about, under- by the by the way, can I just
0: address <laughs> this right? When see, when you say labels, yeah, we mean they're capable of putting labels on cassettes the, but, some know, of them
3: apparently sort of they're,
0: quite... they're not putting any money into anything none nobody is self-employed running a label that only puts out cassettes and if <laughs> they are they're living in their mum and dad's basement
3: but that's the point that's the sort of black metal ideal but having said that look in, in 10 years
0: time the guy could be the next Richard Branson and people would, Almost be, play, certainly people would be playing me making a fool of myself all over the place the, but, best,
3: yeah. the best black the most black metal thing I ever saw was, was an underground black metal label that released a couple of things on floppy disk right um, that's
0: so isn't that a bit corporate <laughs> isn't that
3: really just losing isn't, that losey,
0: isn't that really like losing the, <coughs> the it's idea well. for me, i've always
3: i've always seriously this is where the, the sort of I, i've always uh, i quite like sort of avant-garde pranksterishness, and i've always thought the ultimate artistic gesture is to produce art when the, that nobody can access so Jean-Michel Jarre in the early 80s. I'm not a fan of Jean-Michel Jarre but I think this was cool. Um, he released a, an album in one copy that was put in a vault and, and auctioned but with the condition that it couldn't be played. And I think Wu-Tang Clan did something similar recently as well. I wish they'd
0: done that with all their albums. <laughs>
3: not found myself as I said not found myself either Wu-Tang Clan or Jean Michel Jean but I quite yeah. like that idea of. <laughs> well, well, now that's an interesting
0: tour isn't it I'd like to see that Jean Michel Jean supported by the Wu-Tang Clan well there was That'd Public be, um, Enemy
3: toured with the Sisters of Mercy yeah, back I in still, I, I, yeah but I'm, come on <laughs> Wu-Tang Clan I, and Jean-Michel Jean-Michel Jean-Michel
0: Jean-Michel Jean Michel Jean I think that's I think that's slightly got the
3: edge I saw Jean-Michel Jarre playing Docklands in the, in the mid-80s
0: I don't know why but I thought you were going to say in Sainsbury's in <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, oh, oh, you did that whole was that the reflecting stuff off the buildings yeah yeah my wife's thing. from
3: Houston and he really? did that big concert in Houston and she saw that about 30 years ago and he had but it was I mean he tried he tried to be cutting edge you know playing songs with lasers and stuff like that but his special guest guitarist of the London gig I mean, this is a guy who was huge at the time in the 80s, John He could have yeah. had any special guest oh, guitarist. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I I remember, I was there. And, and, and you know who the special guest guitarist was? Hank Marvin. Oh, <sighs> God. It was just, I mean, really, yeah. Hank Marvin and John Bichaudet. Dear me.
2: That's there you really go. Sad.
3: Yeah, that's terrible. Can I is in my imagination, mm. or in your final gig, was Les from the Vic Reeves He's show? He's our support, yeah. Yeah. How did that happen?
0: Um, we all like the Vic Reeves show, we wanted to get him on. Uh, so we wrote to. Um, oh, well, uh, Music for Nations wrote to Channel 4 and said we'd, we want to get in touch with Fred Aylwood. Pretty. And they passed our letter to his agent, and his agent rang us up and went, All right, let's. <laughs> it was the same guy who tour managed us and was Nuclear Assaults Manager. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, but this was Fred, this was Led's from the Vic Reeves show. Do you know what I mean? It's like, we we knew the guy, we'd done tours with him, uh, MFM knew him, I mean, you know, they, we, they, they, they it was just there all the time on virtually every tour. And then, and then it's our last album. So we haven't, we haven't toured for a while, obviously, since probably 90, or actually with him since about 89. So it's been a couple of years since we'd seen him. And, um, you know, we just write, uh, we get the label to write to Channel 4, Channel 4, give it to Les from the Vic Reeves show manager, and it turns out it's He's <laughs> nuclear assault old manager. manager. Um, and he just went, right, yeah, and we, we said, well, what about getting him to support us at the gig?
3: It was pretty incongruous at the time. It was pretty mental. His brother was, was there as well. I oh, we couldn't go to the gig, I was out of the country, but I oh, remember really? it happening. But oh, that's a shame. Do you want a really bad, Do you want a really dull anecdote?
0: Um, I, I, I don't deal in any other kind of anecdotes, Duller the best, where, where, the duller it is,
3: the better it is. I just remembered that, and I can't remember how I I Don't try I, and spice it up. When I was at university, I met somebody who knew you guys, um, but I've kind of forgotten her name. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and I haven't seen I, her for over 20 to, years. No, to be honest, to,
0: to be honest, to, to be honest um, me forgetting the names of people, and shit anecdotes is the reason people listen to this podcast. So, this, is, this is heaven for them. This, this is, is absolutely absolute, yeah. Uh, does this person you can't remember, do you know if she knew or he knew all of us or one of us? Should we
3: spend the next three hours yeah, trying to. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, could yeah, go yeah. up through, I've still I'm, got I'm all quite my keen, own diaries. Well, I'm quite maybe keen to do
0: longer podcasts because people have asked for them. So, if you go get your diet, I'll sit
3: here and just. I don't know. We'll no, it took me to
0: hours to. And, <laughs> yeah, I'll chase the cat around the kitchen for a bit. Um, you know not edit any of this out she had kind of like
3: <laughs> she, she, she was she had dyed blonde hair and a nose ring yeah right. and, and she had a, a name an old name that was spelt in a weird way beginning with C it might have been Kerry maybe it was a vaguely Anglo-Saxon <laughs> I barely is, remember
0: this, is, this one <laughs> I hope this is better to listen to than it is to be part of <laughs> Um, uh, it's great you're you're trying to describe to me somebody whose name you can't remember
3: who I met I left university in 1994 right and I haven't seen since and I didn't know very well in the first place right okay right so this is just
0: one fleeting conversation is it
3: yeah She's, my memory's really weird because my memory's good enough to remember that I had a conversation about acid rain to someone... In 1994. In 1994. But not good enough to remember what her name was. There you go. I tried She said
0: her name was... <laughs> you think? think
3: maybe Kerry Blonde with a nose
0: ring? Yeah. Ginger with a nose ring? Possibly. No. Right, okay. or well, maybe... She- no. i remember
3: the college she went to at cambridge i was at cambridge it was girton college oh and i cambridge. love the way i
0: love the way you just dropped that into the conversation well no it's relevant she I'm was not, at girton college no no in that case no she was lying because none of us were intelligent enough to even know anybody that went anywhere near cambridge um, <laughs> um i'm afraid i i don't know that was really? um, that was awesome wasn't it two old guys get together to drink coffee around the kitchen table, table and um, just talk absolute bollocks
3: and, uh, and try and pin down somebody that who is let's face it not a very significant part in yeah, my life or maybe in your yeah, life yeah. as well
0: well yeah almost definitely my life I think <laughs> um, but so look I um, uh, we, we are rambling but that's the whole point in this podcast so yeah, that's, what's, that, that's what people tune in for so uh, tune in. I can't believe I always say that. Anyway, you know, because I was like, "How ancient a phrase is that?" Tune in. So it's like because it conjures up, yeah, exactly. It conjures up pictures of people by their their, their gramophones, you know, the their, yeah, their transistor radios tuning in. Um, but um, yeah, anyway, um, you obviously wrote a book quite going back quite a few years now um, on extreme metal. Um, I did. Was that two thousand and seven? 2007. yeah. 2007. Yo. Yes.
3: I does my research. Can I, yeah, all right. So I plug my now slightly older. Well, that, well,
0: that, well no, look, I I, I wasn't shoehorning it in <laughs> to give you a plug, but what I, it was kind of it, it's it's the gateway to to um to, well to everything else that you do because this is this is essentially an interview. We have just like talked about metal and everything in general, and but I am I am keen to get to you and your 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 specific kind of um take on, on on well everything about metal i mean you know it's people we've got this far into the interview will know that you know you know your onions i mean you know big acid rain fan obviously so you know you definitely know your stuff <laughs> um but it's you know i'm, I'm kind of here to sort of find because you've got you occupy you a, a, a really weird place in my mind and let me explain why when people say to me did you go to university i say uh yes I went to the University of Rock and Roll and graduated with a degree in heavy metal. Ba-boom. boom right? The weird thing is, you went to university and literally came away with a degree in heavy metal.
3: Yeah, I did a PhD in... You see what I did? Got, yeah, I did. Very yeah, clever. Thank you but very your much. PhD, um got a PhD on extreme metal. That's... Uh, f- <laughs> Sorry. It, was in sol- Sorry, it was in sociology. It was I, in, look, I, I you apologize. don't get PhDs in metal. You get PhDs in a subject, and your topic is right. Okay, but no, that's still awesome. And, I, and was, I'm
0: not. I'm not. I'm not laughing. I, I'm laughing because I, I, it's just like the. It's just awesome. Great. It's
3: fantastic. Well, there's more of us than you might think. I mean, I was. There was. I wasn't the first to do a PhD on metal. I was probably the first to do one on extreme metal, mm-hmm. um, or at least one of the first, but. In the last, since my book came out, I was, I was one, um, I was, I was part of the, wasn't quite the first to publish a book on on metal, but on sort of scholarly book on metal, but I was quite near the first. But since then, things are really mushroomed. and there's this huge, um, huge, not huge, but there there is there is a whole mushrooming uh, scholarly community of, of academics, PhD students, and Um, and who who study metal and there's even an academic journal called metal music studies and there's conferences like so the next one's going to be in finland um in june which i'm going to awesome and and it's it's pretty cool i mean it was it was a bit too late for me So i'd have loved this thing to love this community to exist when i was doing my phd but when i was doing my phd it was pretty much me doing this. I mean, I knew other scholars of popular music, but I didn't know any other scholars of metal. Yeah, but um, better, better late than never. I mean, it's, yeah, um, no, it's really good. And, and, um, and some say you,
0: you know, if you'd been doing this when you were young, you might have appreciated it as much.
3: No, I mean, it's nice to be, I wasn't the first, but it was nice to be one of the, one of the first. Yeah. Um, but the other thing I did is I, I, I didn't really want to be in an ivory tower, so at the same time I was doing my PhD. In fact, part of the research material from my PhD came as I, was, I wrote for Terrorizer. Uh, yeah. for a few years were
0: we you there when Obnoxious got voted worst ever album cover worst ever metal album cover <laughs> I don't remember there was a big there was a big vote and um, and god damn did we finally get to our number one it was you know. a
3: really lousy album cover it has to be yes. said it, it, it the was the pink one yeah that's the one I, I apologise the first pink metal album well, cover it, was,
0: it was the same year as the black album it was the pink album yeah. one of those is remembered uh, fondly around the world.
3: <laughs> um, leave the listeners to guess which one.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but sorry, I didn't. I, I didn't no, no, crowbar a reference to my career into your life. I do apologise.
3: No, it was um, carry on. Yeah, I wasn't. Look, I, 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 I didn't. I was. I was one of the. Um, I, I wasn't the person who got to do the Metallica interviews or stuff like that. But I yeah. was. I did review albums, I did review, I did some interviews and stuff like that, and I did go to gigs and, and review them and stuff like that. And it was a real privilege to be part of Terrorizer because I still think it's a brilliant magazine. Um, so do I, and the readers know, really know the onions as well. Number one worst album
0: cover ever. Get that in again. Yeah, just get that in again. No, but it, I, I mean, so how did it, you, did you, you just fell into it? Or I was did you just fall out of it? For as Terrorizer,
3: well? I was really lucky. For the, no, for the PhD, that was a deliberate decision, is that I knew I wanted to do that from the time I was an undergraduate. Once I discovered that it was possible to study popular music academically, I knew I wanted to do it, and I knew I wanted to do it on metal. Um, the, the Terrorizer thing was, is like, I contacted just basically to... When I started, I sort of made contact with various people, one of whom was Nick Terry, the then editor of Terrorizer. We met up and um, he appreciated what I was doing. He was doing a PhD himself at the time in Second World War history. And <laughs> so he got what I was doing and so he invited me to write for them, and, and which was quite a privilege because at the time, uh, I, my knowledge was a bit spotty in places, so particularly on black metal, which I wasn't... I mean, my learning curve was steep. I, I got to be an expert fairly, fairly quickly. Um, But It was quite intimidating, because some of the writers for Terrorizer, boy, do they, you know, then and now, boy, do they know, they know everything. Yeah. You know, like, this sounds like Abigail's third album, or something like that, able to slot things into these sort of tiny little distinctions, but, you know. And
0: the kind of, the kind of sort of thorough expertise that that kind of uh, genre fan expects. Yes. Um, so yeah so we were saying about um, Terroriser um, how long were you there for uh,
3: on an, I mean it wasn't a full time job or anything like that on and off for about no. six years something like that right. part of the, the Nick Terry era and some of the Jonathan Seltzer era as well
0: and then you went separate ways come on was it was it musical differences uh,
3: I, I just to be honest I got a bit bored I mean what what one, one unless you are the star writer most music journalists and um have to spend a lot of their time sifting through a lot of mediocre stuff and i'd run out of things to say about them it's, mm. it's easier to it's really easy to write about good music yeah it's I'd, really I'd, easy to write yeah. about bad music but stuff mm. that's okay is bloody murder to write about you know like and, and i was getting well, it,
0: well the thing is it, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't deserve to be written about. That's not, or, or it needs to be written by somebody. I, I, I'm a firm believer in if you if you review if you review an album, and and the the response is well, kind of meh, for yeah. want of a better phrase.
3: Then it's just just give it to somebody else. <laughs> the thing is, there's a lot of me- metal. You know, it's technically yeah. accomplished, but unremarkable, particularly. I mean, I mean, yeah, it, absolutely. Used to, it used to get given for review, um, th- there's a Spanish, I don't know if it's the, the Spanish death metal label called We Pulse, that was churning out these Spanish death metal albums that <laughs> I could find literally nothing at all to say about them. Uh, and that's why I stopped. I mean, occasionally the editor would give me a really interesting thing to write about that I could get my teeth into a lead review or something yeah and that was really that was really great to have the opportunity to do that but but the generic stuff I just I, I couldn't find anything to stay so that's why and so after that I started blogging and um which I don't really do anymore because I don't really have the time um but I also write about metal today on a um there's a web thing called susan to write about metal there so so sorry and and
0: your website what's your website
3: the the, the blog's called metal jew um but but i kind of just haven't had the time because i'm metal and i'm jewish Uh, (laughs) (laughs) there you go and thanks for cleaning that up there you go pretty obvious um and i still write academic stuff and i've got hope i'm starting on a new book um what's the new book going to be about it's what we were talking about before—the sort of what happens to metal in an age of abundance, where everything. Oh right, okay, yeah, 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 of course, yeah. Um, which won't. <laughs> I have been paying attention to promise. <laughs> which won't be as academic as the other one, and I'm also co-ed- co-editing a couple of books. One of which will be on metal and Jews. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so. Um, they're more than you think. I, I,
0: it's, I, I, do you know what? I'd never ever. Crossed my mind. It's the same way, it's never crossed my mind how many Chinese people are into metal,
3: or what, uh, or
0: how many Buddhists are into metal. You've, you come to possibly
3: the least Jewish part of the country, Desborough uh, or something like that. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, they're no, Jews in Leeds. Though, you grew yeah, no, up
3: no, in Nesborough You would never have met a Jew.
0: Oh no, oh, loads because my parents were in the antique business. So oh, you did. Oh did yeah. Me, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You see straight away. Yeah. Oh, um, um, no, so. Um, so <laughs> No, no, they were they they were tolerated. You know, no, oh. I I I jest, I jest. Um, but no, uh, my uh, my mum is like an eighth Jewish or something like that. Oh, she, well, there she, you go. she tells me that. But um, no, it it, it it doesn't cross my mind
3: for any a, a, any faith. Uh, or you know, it doesn't Judaism is not Jewish. really faith, it's more well it, it is partly, but it's kind of an ethnicity, it's a people, it's a bit of a mixture Okay, of well uh,
0: the same again then. I, I the same I, it doesn't the,
3: it doesn't they're more than you think you know, though. I mean I give I like I said go on, I, I I don't, no, do you know uh, not, do you not a clue. Of,
0: no, not a clue. Not a clue. But the same way if you ask me how many Australians are into metal, no, quite... or, 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 or or you said faith? All right, how many West Africans are into
3: metal? Well, that um, they're not many, but
0: you know, you know, I I, I honestly it, it, it's not well, something I... Just, that that I
3: would... that's something I find really interesting. I was I oh, yeah, because I'm I'm, 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 I'm
0: I'm I realize that I'm like I, I you know I'm, not, I'm I'm kind of not trying to beat you over the head with it, but I'm just kind of saying that there's no it's, but, you it's you know, know, for, reason most people don't think about you know, it. it. It's just it's, but
3: it's interesting not... if you are Jewish. I mean, it's
0: but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so, so basically, what I'm saying is, you know, the market for these books
3: <laughs> is that why they're called Metal Jew. It's it, well, it's a discrete market, but <laughs> like, but there was yeah, interesting. I mean, what, are you, you going to put like an OI on the front or something? It's, like, it's got a, quite a good banner. that I got someone to design for it, but I, I still is that the one there. on the website. Yeah, it's a sub bit of my website when I redesigned my website, but I don't really blog there anymore. But but. The interesting thing is. Well, there'll was be a
0: huge demand after this podcast, so make sure. Sure, make
3: sure you do. You're sharing the stage with Malcolm Dome. <laughs> wow. So there you go. That's impressive. It's. Um, yeah, so. Um, um, what were we talking about? Metal. Excellent. The I did a great job completely. You, 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 you. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, for a while, yeah. at the same time I was, when I was blogging his Metal Jew, there was somebody else who's blogging Metal Israel. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. And she was, she was like an observant Orthodox Jew. And so there were two blogs dealing with Jews and metal, basically. Yeah. And we couldn't get on with each other.
2: <laughs> it was still, well, that, I'm sure that I'm
3: sure that'll come as a great shock to listeners. She absolutely hated my guts um, for, for all sorts of reasons I won't go into. But I thought that was how great is right, it? Okay. The only two Jewish metal bloggers don't get on. It was like yeah, um, yeah. There was there was in there's a story like in Afghanistan. All the there were quite a few Jews in thousand Jews in Afghanistan and they all left in the, in the 80s and stuff um, but if there were a couple that remained and they didn't speak to each other they couldn't get on um, <laughs> that, and that's how you felt that's a little bit like that yeah but she doesn't blog there anymore I don't blog that much either so we all move on we all move on, we'll we'll move on. Um, but yeah talking about Metal Jews Gene um, Simmons of Kiss that's um, bought, Scott Ian obviously have you read his autobiography? Yeah, so you, by you
2: by do know we'll, well, yeah
0: you were, yeah, like, hang on, hang on, hang yeah. on, don't give me all of that, I toured with Dan Lilker. I don't, I, Absolutely I, I, metal I just, yeah, yeah, but the thing's, I don't see it, <laughs> You I don't, don't see, the, see it, you don't see it, it's not my, no, he's, he's, put it this way, right, if I I'm, I'm, I'm talking with Dan Lilka, did I know he was Jewish, yes, I knew he was Jewish, right, and do you know what I thought about that, <clears throat> nothing, like the same as, I see you're wearing shoes today, <laughs> I see you've got a black jacket on, I, it's just like it's it's it's, it's, it's the sort of thing
3: that's the that, the that, that it's, 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 it's it's for some of us it's really important and I totally respect if you if you don't see it. Um By the way, by the
0: way, he did he used to do a brilliant impression of um of Scott Ian as because well, I was chatting to him once and he said if you think I sound Jewish you should he said you should hear Scott.
3: There was you know, VH V H one a few years ago did um, a show called Mutzah and Metal you know Mutzah it's the unleavened bread that's eaten on the Jewish festival of Passover <laughs> oh really so they had a kind I, of no, Passover meal oh, right, featuring okay. various metal Jews so they had Evan Seinfeld Scotty oh, such
0: an MTV idea isn't yeah, it let's get the Jews around together. the table get, give them some let, like, make, make a pun on one of their religious M- breads, <laughs> think of something yeah they Let's
2: did it. get it, so Go
3: on, it's get it done. Get it, it was done. was nice. Oh, um... It, was, it wasn't as clumsy as it sounds. It was almost <laughs> as clumsy as it sounds. <laughs> right, okay. There was, um... Oh, the keyboard player in Typo Negative. <laughs> it does sound like I'm scraping the bottom <laughs> yeah, of the Yeah, well, uh,
0: yeah I, like, I typo, uh, well, yeah, I like Typo... Well, I like the thought of them. I never really liked the band that way Well, I, I love Typo, them? actually. Uh, yeah, uh, the but keyboard... Car- Carnivore was where it was at for Pete's Deal with me. That second album, Retaliation, is...
2: Really
3: very different, different from
2: typo
0: oh yeah massively from, like, different
3: completely I, different band. Uh, yeah uh, totally the same th- guy I you know. saw the reviewed in Terrorizer, a biography of him which I'm actually thinking of getting I think he sounded like a really interesting character oh uh, I think he I think he very definitely was quite fucked up very definitely well yeah I mean you know that's what happens when
0: people die young invariably they are they're, yeah, they're fucked up indeed funnily, but, funnily enough name drop I was on the um, a Death to All tour bus catching up with Gene um, uh, last week a week before two weeks ago um, and Steve Dorigo was on the bus as well and after we me and Gene had finished having a chat on the podcast we were talking and, and Gene and Steve was saying that he said um, when it, whenever he was on tour with Chuck and it was his birthday he said the most depressed guy in the world you just couldn't is says nothing you could do but cheer him up. It's like yeah but we're aging you yeah. know and he's like no no there's there's nothing positive about it i'm one year older it fucking sucks i hate it and 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 and, and
3: uh and he goes yeah and dead but by, some, dead by 35. but there is something there is something um yes mm. you jewish too i was just
0: listeners you heard me go mm. that was me about to go
3: yeah. But it's yeah, it's it's not. Look, part of me, I like spotting Jews in metal. It's partly just <laughs> train spottering <laughs> I'm a train spotter. It's like train
0: you've sp- invented it. You've invented it.
3: Don't do yourself down here. You've sp- invented really a whole sport, a pastime, <laughs> the whole. Yeah. but it's but sometimes it's really significant the jewish background is significant so if you ever seen the film Anvil film, the documentary about Ambil, no I've,
0: I've deliberately stayed away from well it's Ambil really ways. it's
3: actually a brilliant documentary i'm sure it is You'd, but I, I i just
0: i I'm, I'm it's too close i've seen people do that um it, it's wonderful because the, the documentary turned their career around for them, which i'm absolutely over the moon for them what, but i've witnessed people people's lives disappear like that was, and it's just crazy. The key moment.
3: film about that film is that the two guys, um, Steve Cudlow and Rob Reiner, it's like the heart of Anvil, they're both Jewish, and they come from very tight-knit Toronto, I think it's Toronto, but certainly Canadian Jewish families, and it's because of those tight-knit families, it's part of the mon- of the Canadian Jewish community, that allowed them to survive. You know, the fact that they were from, the fact that they would support them when no one else would and allow right. them to keep their dream, dream alive. So in, in, those, in those circumstances, it is actually quite, there, right, is, yeah, there yeah, is significant. Yeah. You have to look at everyone's biography. I don't know how significant it is in the case of Scottie Ian or, or Dan Lilker or, 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 or anybody yeah. else. But I think it is also in Gene Simmons as well, born Heimritz. You
0: yeah, but, but but there's also but there's also kids who were raised with just good parents who subsidised their kids and allowed them to. That's also true as well. Stay at and, home
3: and and yeah. and you know, hey, Val Vickenis's mum tried to break him out of jail. Isn't that <laughs> oh, did you know that? That's a uh, that's a right Heart. hand turn right there. That's a heartwarming story. Wow. So you know, so his s- mum was really supportive of him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's insane. What would she do? She's trying to smuggle, smuggle a saw in I'm probably exaggerating
3: a bit, but I think she was arrested with, with like, I can't remember exactly, plans for the prison and a gun and stuff like oh, that. Oh, right, okay. When he was in prison and stuff like that. All oh, right,
0: I imagined her being arrested with like, you know, a saw in a knickers. In the, in it, the, in it wasn't
3: quite <laughs> as extreme as, this is the thing, when I was doing my PhD, that one of the great things about it is it gave me an excuse to interview people in metal mm-hmm. and ask the questions that I'm really curious about because, in terms of most metal musicians, with the greatest respect, I'm not that interested. In, <laughs> I'm not that interested in what motivated you to write this this lyric or stuff like that. Oh yeah, well, the thing, the yeah. thi- the thing that I'm and talking of, my language now. A lot of interviews that are quite boring. What I'm interested in is is the sort of logistics of their life and and,
2: and, and, the, and the person the
0: person behind the music well, I was, which, which, sounds inc- which, which sounds incredibly cringeworthy when you say the person
3: behind the music but family yeah. is part of that I'm also really interested in people's you know in day jobs and when I was doing my PhD interviews I was able to ask these sorts of questions yeah you know I sat in Mike Amott's flat in 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 Holmstad in Sweden talking about his sort of his custody arrangements with his kid yeah, it's probably an adult now, and that's the sort of thing. If I was interviewing for a magazine, you you don't really talk about that sort of oh, stuff. Oh no, well that's that, that's the exact same principle as as
0: me doing this podcast. Is I just I, it's just purely to um, to
3: talk and get a, a different side of people because it's, it's often more interesting than the actual than you know. Well,
0: this is it. the thing. The thing is, ultimately, they say, well, you know. Um, you have PR people say, "Yeah, but we, we'd like it to come out at the time of the album." Or can you? They say, "Look, th- this is this. The reason people listen to this particular podcast is because they they listen for a particular type of interview. So people will people will listen to the you know will listen to it because they know it's going to be kind of different and interesting. The same way you know you're you know the, yeah, wor- the work you so. did, and it's about, it's just about engaging people with something that's just a little bit." left of centre and not what they're used to hearing well
3: I often feel that the most interesting ask, it, it, the most interesting things about musicians are often not the things that they're asked about in interviews um, yeah. like for example i tell you what I mean this again sounds like a prank spotter I'm interviewing um, John Tardy of is it John who's the singer of Obituary or is yeah, uh, one, one of them one of the two Yeah. no Donald or John the singer to be honest that's a bit tardy of you
0: that doesn't even make sense uh, yeah it does tardy is t- late well I well, uh, right, <laughs> right right now I'll fight you on that because I think that's yes that is the definition but the colloquial use is tardy as in being late being scruffy being not, maybe what, in, not being, maybe being in your everything shirt, not being all together uh, yeah. hey I've got, I've got American <laughs> friends who will back me
3: up okay well we'll right. leave uh, that aside but yeah, anyway yeah. I was talking to tweet just, him tweet him everybody I interviewed him, and and it was really interesting to find out how he, you know, how he survives. Because I was interested to know, about like obituary. You see, they're they're big in death metal terms, but can they make a living from it? Are they at the yeah. point where they can make yeah. a living from it? And it was really interesting because they almost are, they yeah. almost can. But he basically works for a landscape gardening company who are doing irrigation <laughs> designs for gardens in Florida, and. His employers are really supportive and allow to take off for three months at a time to tour and stuff like that. All right, it doesn't sound interesting. Certainly not no, the way no, I'm no, talking no, about. it. it. Is. no, that, that, to no, me that is absolutely interesting. There'd be people listening to this be lapping up that kind of stuff because it's how you make it's it's how you make your life work when you're dedicated to music and, and you know it's. So all of this went into your PhD. Yeah, uh, and is, is that and some is, some is that things. PhD basically? The, the basis of your book and it's the basis of the book but I revised it quite a bit for that because the, book, the PhD was finished in 2001 and the book came out in 2007 and I've done research since I've never really stopped doing research Are I just you, don't do as much
0: would you do would you do a revised version or a follow up of version? extreme
3: metal well I think there's at least one chapter that does need revising in, in the sense that the internet has changed a lot of, of things that I talked about and some of the bits in, there's a chapter where I talk about the institutions of metal seams uh, that is looking a little bit dated now um, uh, there's a lot of stuff in in that in the book that hasn't dated, but when you're talking about distros and flyers and demo tapes, you know Yeah, yeah. I mean I do, I do mention the internet because obviously even in two thousand well, I, I, I submitted the manuscript in two thousand five, but you know, even at that stage things were happening. So one of the reasons why I wanna write this book this current book is I wanna talk about you know, how things have changed now because I think things have changed quite radically although there's some things that are still the same and, and, and probably have been the same for 20, 30 years um, some aspects of metal culture don't change some change very radically um, but yeah it was a real privilege to, to, interview, to interview both big bands and small bands and find out the things basically the great thing about sociology is it's a license to be nosy <laughs> with, with a spurious academic you know yeah, yeah. A, a, authority to to so back cool. it up I mean one person I interviewed told me that he killed his father um, <laughs> when I interviewed them right okay you know, he'd, he'd done time for it but it wasn't widely known in the scene did you uh, that sorry, wasn't so John, was, that wasn't
0: John Tardy I was going to say it, was, uh, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't, my it wasn't but it wasn't um, uh, it, 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 it was for real it wasn't, I think he misunderstood he...
3: what I was I think I said I was a sociologist I think he thought I was either a, a psychologist. psychologist or a social worker
0: but either way, oh, right? So. You but either way,
3: um, yeah, you know that 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 comes a bit of a bob- Obviously, the the difference between academic interviews and um, the interviews I did for those and the, the ones you do for a magazine is the ones I did for the for, for the PhD and stuff were confidential, mm-hmm. right? So I'd say that this was an interview with a male thirties. Something in their 30s in you know, a death metal band or something. Right, okay. Rather than, you know, you don't have to do it that way, but it's often yeah. a great way to get people to talk freely. Oh, yeah, yeah, hell and yeah. You know, yeah, you yeah, be yeah, talk yeah. anonymously and they do tell you things. Oh, like-
2: look,
0: I've had some great interviews on here, but when it switches off, that's when you get the
3: fucking unbelievable stuff that but even I would love to know about. but even um, even in my case even off, in off doing inter- I mean I did record the interviews and I transcribed mm. them yeah. even those interviews people would still tell me things when the inter- when, it, when the tape goes Yeah, off. yeah 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 and that was often where the really interesting conversation yes con- conversation began I doubt it would be the case with this interview Uh, because i've got a because i've got to put the kids to bed and b because (laughs) (laughs) this is pretty free floating anyway yeah of course it's all you know it's just rolling along so yeah that that's what i do so i'm still uh, i haven't had as much time to devote to this sort of metal studies sociology writing because i've had to do because there's other work i do that that Pays a bit better, and yeah, oh, uh,
0: yeah. uh, we all we all have
3: something that pays. Yeah, you know. So this we is much, it's almost a hobby now, uh, but it's something that's you know very important to me. And yeah. you know, it's interesting. I mean, metal culture is interesting. Yeah, well, it's I always say it's well, it's unique among any any music
0: genre. I mean, you just do not see it. You don't see people. Uh, uh, you may see it occasionally. It will pop up as so-called little brotherhoods, and they'll disappear. But but metal has been there and is. Even back when we were kids at school, we used to say the difference between metal and other kinds
3: of music is it's a way of life. I mean, in I, fairness, I brother. think there are others that are also like that. I mean, I think What punk, genres? Punk is yeah. like that, I think, and goth to an extent. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, you see goth... Diff- they do it in a slightly I, different way. I
0: have a bit of a problem with goth. I always, think, uh, I, I always tend to think, you, you see plenty of goths who aren't into the music. I'm sorry, but you do. They dress up they dress up because they like the goth look. You don't get that in metal. You don't get people dressing no, up I'm in metal because they like saying, the metal
3: look. but what is the say I'm not saying no, no, I'm just saying metal's better. <laughs> metal's better, <No. laughs> I'm not saying they're all the same, but what is the same is that there are other are the cultures that people do it, are into it for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Oh, no, I'm accepting them. That. Just, me- just the metal ones are better. Yeah, no, no, no
0: I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not being complete arse. I'm not saying no. that like, the people aren't into music for 20, 30 years. You no, know, they are. What I'm saying is that the, 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 whole, the whole metal brotherhood, that whole thing, is unique within
3: it's very you know I, I it's still expanding i mean you know the I mean you know you don't get pop
0: fans ganging together and you know not, you just, not the same way you, no mean, not at all and you you know and you don't have but you don't you don't have the uh, well for instance just the name heavy metal just the name of your genre you have actually having a genre that will attract such a broad group of people but you can't it, it, when you go to a pop like uh, equivalent. Let's let, let's look at say websites or message boards and stuff like that. Basically, you're gonna, when, when it comes to pop music, it's all fragmented because it's like oh, go to Katy Perry or go to Lady Gaga or go to who, whoever. Yeah, it's not you, a scene, go, then, is it? uh, Yeah, and you got yeah, it's it's all fragmented. It's all different bands. Whereas you go to metal, it's just well, you just go to a metal forum and you discuss metal in general and all sorts of different. Qu- I mean, it's just but it's, 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 it's night it's, and day. it's difference.
3: No, it's very different. Um, but I think the difference is more stark than it was, because I think that when I was, certainly, it's another another when I were a lad conversation. When (laughs) I were a lad. When you were a lad. um, Whether or not you were into metal or whatever you were into, music was one of the things that defined you. And we all had one thing in common when we were 12 years old or whatever. Um, which is everyone watch Top of the Pops whether you love Top of the Pops or you hate it and everybody listens if you like music you, you Top of the, the Pops, probably yeah. listen to the Top 40 countdown on yes, a Sunday yeah. afternoon and
0: try and record
3: bits uh, well. record bits you like or, or yeah, you probably listen to Radio 1 as well and so that gave and music was how you defined you um, whether you like metal or whatever it was or whatever genre it was and I think it, that's less the case now it's certainly less the case for my kids and, and their generation um, it, it, it's still the case if you're into particular kinds of music like metal or punk or rap and stuff like that. But that general sense of music is big because there's just so many other options. Yeah, you know, you know, music was I, I, music was was at the heart of what it meant to be young. I think for for a, a period, of probably about thirty years, from about the late 1950s to maybe actually as recently maybe as the mid 2000s or maybe the mid 90s music was at the centre of what it meant to be young i'm not sure that's the case so much these days it is for some yeah um it's a, a very good point yeah. and
0: i you know I I, I I not something i'd thought of at all but um yeah it's um I, do you have kids I, yourself I no i don't no um not not married no kids, that's why i've got time to you to know, do a around and do stuff like this
3: well <laughs> i'm slightly jealous but it's it's, it's, it's yeah, I mean, it, it, of course it's dangerous to generalise from the experience of one's own kids. Well, no, I
0: don't have kids, but I recognise, but I do recognise your argument instantly holding water, definitely. Um, it, music is not, music is not the, uh, the centre of kids' cultural fabric, simple as that. Which is it? It, because there's so much other stuff out there that's demanding their attention, that's gaming, the internet,
3: um, you know, just about anything. I mean in in some respects I'm envious of kids today because a lot of the frustrations I remember from growing up was not being able to find out more about stuff and being blocked from because everything was so difficult to access Uh, and they don't have that but on the other hand there are pleasures that derive from that difficulty of when you finally find the things you like.
0: But also doesn't that mean that we that we were lucky enough to have a childhood as opposed to the world just pouring through the internet
2: (laughs) No
3: I think how, they still no have. A, no I, I think you. you are. I think you still have a childhood. Um, I mean, there are still things that only kids do. Um, but, I it, it, so. but I think so. I think there's a sense of being bombarded with stuff. I mean, it certainly is an adult feeling. Bombarded with with stuff all the time. With too many things to read, too many things to watch, too much music to listen to. You know. Uh, there's just too much stuff going on. Well, like,
0: well also, I think the 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 dispo- and, and I hate using the word disposable and associating it with music because I think it's a bit old hat. But it's 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 not the disposable way music is just you know it's, it's not purchased anymore. It's just you know it's just downloaded, whatever. There's no regard for copyright or anything like that. It's actually the disposable way that that you listen to it because yeah, yeah. You, without with, uh, there's a definite sea change of without buying a physical product or spending money on a download when it is about, I, I, I know I've bought albums and thought that's a bit disappointing and then thinking well you know you've paid X for so it so you better listen you've got, to you, it you, you, it. You, 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 you've got to get and, and th- you know four or five listens deep going wow this is really yeah. good but you know what when, you, when I was younger when I was younger I'd I'd force myself because I would listen, I, I would judge stuff really quickly. And you know, after two or three listens, if it wasn't doing it for me, that'd be that. But because I paid money for it, it forced me because I'm a Yorkshireman and I'm that tight. That, um, Yorkshireman and you sat here discussing paying for music, <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, that's uh, it's no, pretty obvious. I remember, you know, so, so it did, you know, it made you listen because now you just you're just going to listen to something,
3: give it 30 seconds, done. I know, and, and I, I don't, I can't, uh, there are very few recent, recent and there are albums I love recently, that even, uh, that I've loved in the last few years, but I don't know them as well as, as the albums, when I had a tiny collection when I was 15 or whatever, that, you know, every single thing in it was precious, even the things that you didn't actually like, <laughs> didn't like that yeah. much. Yeah. That said, all that said, if you did have friends, they could tape stuff for you. And yes. actually, I have to tell you that I have never purchased a single Acid Rain album. It was my friends Elliot and Dave uh, take them all. Right. Probably. Well, I did buy a, I did buy a baseball cap though. As I was saying, well, I as I was saying, eleven
0: ninety nine. You can own every song we ever recorded. As yeah, from Amazon on CD, all remastered, sounds beautiful. Might mate, do it actually. It be a nice
3: trip down memory lane. Oh, it'd
0: be a wonderful trip down memory lane, mate. It would honestly. But <laughs> make your Christmas. Um, it is actually March. Yeah, okay. and I don't celebrate Christmas. Oh, of course. <laughs> well, I'm a Yorkshireman, so obviously I don't either, because it would involve buying presents, buying presents, <laughs> yeah,
3: spending money on other people. Fuck.
2: That. True, I was thought
3: actually that the Yorkshire stereotype and the Jewish stereotype are actually quite. Oh, they're hell yeah. in common. There are yeah. things they don't have in common. I mean, Yorkshire people are tough physically. <laughs> the stereotype about Jews is they're not tough physically. But well, of course, uh, none of these stereotypes really hold water.
0: Well, no, but they exist for a reason, which is prejudice. (laughs)
3: Well, no, yeah, 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 pretty much. I mean, I I don't think it really means anything
0: these days. Okay, look, I'd say while I've got you, this is an this is a question that's bugging me, and you may know about this, you may you may not, but I'd like to ask your opinion on this. Um, Are you aware of? uh, Are you aware of um, the Tottenham Hotspur home charm The Yiddos thing.
3: Yes. You know, is it really a now, Where
0: out you? Can I, right, okay, can I, can I put my cards on the table? Okay, because I have a particular view of it as well. Okay, but I'd like to put my cards on the table and, and you'll either go, you're either going to agree or disagree. <laughs> and I kind of want to do this without hearing your side first. Fair okay, on. so my theory. So know of, who
4: I support first. Who do you support? Watford.
2: No right, okay. All right,
0: okay. <laughs> all right, okay. Well, look, th- th- this is the way I see. David Deal's making a really big big, yeah. big, big, big deal of it. Blah, blah blah blah. And and as somebody who's got no dog in this fight, okay. But purely as if I was coming to this as a prob- problem solving exercise, my view would be, um, do you know what? You've really, really got a chance here to change the agenda and change the way that word is viewed. And you can take that on as something positive, as those fans have done. It is, a, it is, it is praise, it is the highest praise that, uh, that is dealt out to a Tottenham footballer. And you can take that word back and you can turn it into something positive.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it, 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 my, my take on this... You reclaim it yeah, no, and I understand make it positive. My, my claim on it is I actually don't necessarily, in and of itself... I don't have a problem with Spurs fans call themselves yiddos, but the problem is if they call themselves yiddos, then inevitably opposing fans are going to be—I don't know—are going to tease them for that because that's what opposing fans do, and then that's when it becomes a problem.
4: You know, well, if, yeah, if,
0: but, if, they, but yeah, but that's but that's that's the that's the, the away the, fans' problem that can that can be police And is is there any examples of it?
4: If there are examples Oh, of that, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah all, so.
3: they're, they're back, there are teams that, when they visit, when, when Spurs comes to them, or whatever, they'll, they'll they do, sing a certain song as well. They'll sing songs and they'll, put, they'll do the sound for the gas jokes and stuff.
0: Yeah, but the thing is, it's just, it's, the thing is, it's. When you talk about limits. it in isolation, it is so ludicrous. Because basically, you've got a bunch of people who uh, I, I don't know who the
1: percentage is, but I
0: don't know who the percentages there are, are there. The right. Okay, so let's say there's at least what fifty percent. Oh, that would be
3: way lower than that.
0: Right. Okay. So thirty percent is that? A, we'll say
3: thirty. I'd say it's even lower. Right. Well, I'm going to go with thirty <laughs>
0: percent just to prove a point. But let's say thirty percent. So So you. So seventy so percent of um, the away fa- of the of the fans are calling themselves Jewish when they're not. Right. Um, yeah. So seventy percent are calling themselves Jewish when they're not, and thirty percent are
3: going yeah, I mean, along with it. I actually, I quite like it, that aspect. And I, yeah, that's
0: what I'm saying. I'm, and then you've, and then you, so you've got a load of other people making, making um, anti, making anti-Semitic chants to seventy percent of fans who aren't Jewish. It is a little odd. <laughs> it is a little odd. It
3: starts falling apart. It also starts falling apart when, when I think that, um, you know, I know as many Jewish Arsenal fans as I know <laughs> Tottenham yeah, fans. Yeah, well, I, that's, I, I've been... It's not like, what it's not like is when you go to Glasgow, if you're Catholic, you support Celtic. If you're prostitute, you support Rangers. But the fact is Tottenham, if, if you're Jewish, you support Tottenham, you support Arsenal, Arsenal you support... Yeah. And increasingly, what then... Some of us support Watford because I grew up near Watford.
0: <laughs> well, it's good for you because that's how football teams I, are supported. A, the I'm local
3: a, team, that's who you support. I, I'm a football Taliban. I believe that you should support the team you're nearest. I'm, and my son supports Watford too. But the irony is, of course, is now I don't live near Watford. He is actually not supporting his local team, which is actually Tottenham. <laughs>
0: oh, right. OK. Well, I... Look, well, I who do I, you support? I, uh, I hate Watford because you beat us in the play-off finals. Was us. the Premiership Leeds. Leads, leads. So oh, there's almost. a tragic tale,
3: or, or dirty leads, as we refer to mainly.
0: Yeah, absolutely, totally tragic. So there's that um, brilliant
3: Earth, damn United. Did you see the film? The yeah, Dead? yeah, super. Oh, it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I've, 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 I've,
0: I've, 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 wa- I've watched that film about five, six times. It's fantastic, and it flies by every time.
3: Yeah, it's great. Michael Sheen did it. Hey, well,
0: look, we look, we we made it. We made it, like he- no, it. Saying, we made it. off heavy metal. Made it off heavy metal, and we made it on to um to football. To, to Leeds United, to, yeah. And that's, Watford. That's, a, that's. I always feel a
3: bit embarrassed when I tell people I support Watford. No way, it's, you shouldn't. It's, it's, um, you know, fans always tease Watford fans for being soft, and it's completely true. <laughs> <laughs> we saying less than any other team in the world.
0: Well, um, well not as. I, I there are worse fans but yes. um well look keith uh, thanks for letting me um, fun, come and around it. and um, talk bollocks in your kitchen all um, evening.
3: and i look forward to hearing don't talk bollocks on the yeah it, it'll podcast. be cool <laughs> right. keith khan harris oh, uh twitter website anything you want to mention uh at keith khan harris on twitter uh my website's khan-harris.org k-i-h-n-harris.org um What's that thing you, he you always used to say? Apparently, to so, um, support the underground, buy our buy our t-shirts, yeah. uh, buy my demo tape. Send SAE or die. <laughs> no spicy. Send, send IRC name. or die. Yes. yes. Yeah. I'm yeah, not sure you can name. even get IRCs anymore. Shit.
0: Oh well. And on that old school note, thanks a lot. Take Cheers. Care. And there you go. That is my interview with Keith, which was a little bit quiet there. Um, and also you, you, you heard the little pauses there. I, I could have edited it all together to make it seem like one sort of long conversation, but because of there's a, there's a break, the flow of the conversation changes slightly and it would have sounded odd. Um, so, uh, I decided to, uh, to opt for, um, putting the gaps in so I hope you I hope you enjoyed that it was um, it was really 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 cool we uh, we just um, I, I seem to say that a lot but this is this was a, a particularly fun um, kind of um, episode to put together um, I mean you know Chad uh, with his history and the and, and the amount of hours he puts into metal um and um keith the amount of you know just the dedication of the and the, the work i mean just the thought of writing a book makes me just want to fucking die um actually doing it you know and all the all the research and everything that it takes is just it's amazing so um yeah and he was a fascinating guy to talk to and uh, and as you can hear we have quite a lot in common um um uh, being around a sort of similar age i think he obviously he's a bit younger than me um but um yeah it, it was it was really cool i hope you enjoyed that um and um and finally finally we move on to a man who needs no introduction but i'm going to do one anyway um we go from Chad and Keith who Chad who i've spoken to once Keith who i've met once to Malcolm Dome a guy i have known for 25 years if not more um and um we i mean you know i've been down in london over 20 years and we we bump into each other at gigs and um uh and and in the pub um and uh, yeah i mean i i I know him very very well and he was very kind to take the time out um and uh and and agreed to uh, sit down and have a chat we did this in a cafe in uh, malabone station um at six o'clock and it was closing at seven so we knew we had an hour So if you do, you will hear lots of clutter and stuff in the background. Um, I brought a book as a a present for Malcolm because I thought he'd appreciate it, um, which is a Dead Kennedys book I had. Um, So anyway, um, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen. Well, yeah, like I said, you know, are there any ladies? Ladies, gentlemen, children, teenagers worms, germs, whatever uh, anyone listening <laughs> anyone, is there anyone out there um, anyone listening, um, hey, this guy's a legend isn't he, I mean, y- you know you all you all know who he is, you all know where he works there's no need, to forget, no need for me to go on about it but you know, um, he's just he's everywhere um, and, um, and he's a top man, known him for years and this is our chat on metal and everything to do with metal uh, and this is Malcolm
4: Doan What it comes out
0: Yes. No, exactly. Week, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm. Um, I, we're sat in a in a coffee shop in Marlebone Station, and I um, I have with me, um, old uh, old friend. Old, yeah. Yeah. Old opposition. <laughs> um,
2: opposition.
0: The 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 legendary. I'm not even going to say journalist. Sort of, um, uh, font of all knowledge. Um, Malcolm Dome, who I'm sure you've all heard of and seen in various documentaries, click as people switch off. (laughs) No, I'm sure they won't. I'm sure they won't. Um, And I actually, funnily enough, while I've stood waiting for you, I was thinking, this is actually, this is quite weird, isn't it? Because this is this is band member interviews journalist.
4: I know this is a bit of a reversal of roles. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it is, isn't it? So it's. um, Why not?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why not? Um, So uh, yeah, we're in a coffee shop, so you might hear people coming, going in the background, but um, don't worry about it. Ambience. Yeah, exactly. Ambience. Um, So, Malcolm, I'm going to put that right in front of you, because my voice is very loud. Um, uh, As I said there, it it, it seems almost... It it seems a bit like to call you a journalist is is kind of doing your role down, because, I mean... (laughs) I mean, you're kind of a... I don't know, you're a a fixture of the heavy metal scene. A fixture? My
4: goodness (laughs) me. Yeah, in a good way.
0: A good fixture, like a sofa. (laughs) Not like,
4: you know, not like a shelf. (laughs) (laughs) A sofa, okay. I'm the sofa of heavy metal. Yeah, the the sofa (laughs) of metal.
0: Yeah, everyone's out on you. No, I don't know. Forget my analogy. Uh. (laughs) Um, But, um, yeah, I mean, something I was thinking about was... Look... 25 years ago when Mm. thrash was just coming to the surface
4: and it's more like 30 really wasn't it
0: well I'm just I'm thinking of my own personality yeah I know you're right because 25 years ago we were we were packing up 1990
4: yes yeah Yeah. about 84 85 when it first really came through
0: yeah yeah and I I don't know was it I I don't know too much about your career prior to that so was that was that (laughs) That I had a career
4: oh right it's like that isn't it (laughs) I oh. mean,
0: were you, were you like the rest of us, hanging on to, hanging on to like, you know, Metallica's coattails, as it were, as, like, as Thrash emerged, did you become well, a kind of authority on it,
4: or...? No, but if we're talking about Thrash coming out in '85, I'd already been writing about music for about five or six years by that point, Right. having started in 1979 with <laughs> Right. Okay. So I was ensconced at Kerrang at the time when Thrash really developed and came through. And uh, my career, as it were, if you want to forgive with that uh, wonderfully majestic term, uh, was already going. So it wasn't Thrash that was particularly involved in its in development, although uh, I was fortunate enough to be around at the time when that exciting movement was happening.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. So, it, it, because it, it seems to me you, you were kind of, you were at the heart of it. I mean, you were, write, you were, writing, about, you were writing about Thrash, yeah. you know, before Part anyone of, else.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, myself and one or two others, and Xavier Russell's got to take a lot of credit for it as well. He true. was writing about uh, thrash, and people like Paul Miller as well. But I was fortunate enough to be writing about thrash. And to this day, I don't know if it's true, but I am now apparently regarded as the person who invented the term thrash metal. Bloody
2: hell, now, really? Now, I
4: don't know if that's true. I've never known if it's true. Well, but... Um, Since people give me that sort of title,
0: oh, take Take it! (laughs) No, take it, take it, Malcolm. Because now you've given me the title for this podcast, and it will be (laughs) interview with legendary journalist who who coined the term Thrash Metal, the man who invented it. Yeah, (laughs) was
4: it (laughs) Venom? Was it Metallica? No, it was Malcolm (laughs) Dome. Well, in in terms maybe of the term, but in terms of the music, oh, and here we are. I'm now showing Malcolm a book um, (laughs) written
0: by Malcolm Dome. Funnily enough, yes. And I I was flicking through this this morning. End of the eighties. I was flicking through this this morning on the tube. And there's the big and there's a big picture of us in the back and i couldn't be, when i say us i mean acid rain i yeah. can't believe it i've since defaced it oh well good um, for you it's not my it's not actually it's not actually mine in fact oh no,
4: you've like, got four stamps there as well yeah. good
0: grief uh, yeah if you could stamps uh that, that's 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 so uh, because i've got to post them back this is to craig uh, oh. from uh, all about the rock who whose book this is and he um he wanted you to um he wanted oh, you to sign it, so if I can give you that, I mean,
4: okay.
0: <laughs> if I can give you that, and um, I've already devalued it at the back there,
4: as you can see. <laughs> yes, I know. He's going to be delighted the way you've devalued it. Yeah,
0: if you just look at the pen, it's got slightly. There you go. Look, it's got a slightly nib, nibs. So that'll, oh, okay. that'll give you a better, bit of purchase.
4: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so
0: uh, yeah, pause while. Yes, yeah, a, a bit of dead air while uh, while Malcolm um, signs this book to Craig that he. Um, uh, he sent to me and, uh, and as I mentioned earlier I've already uh, defaced in the back
4: yeah well you've he's, he's actually given it a certain sense of uh, individuality shall we say <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. He hasn't, he hasn't seen that yet. <laughs> I told him. He I, will. I told him I signed it. Um, for the record, Craig will have seen this by now. Uh, basically, I've taken a picture of us at the back, and I've drawn. I've drawn cocks lots of interesting, out. yes, yeah, <laughs> croc cocks coming out. You basically improved and, upon the original. <laughs> yeah, 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 and basically ruined it like the way we. Yeah, which like, is great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The same where we used to ruin album covers. <laughs> um, oh, and I've, I've, brought, I've also brought you—I've um, brought you a present as well. You it's not a, um, wow. not a copy of the Apple Core archives, which I know you'd have oh. killed—you'd have <laughs> killed for, um, or rather, yeah, killed for. Yeah, killed, killed it me. Is. Yes, it's a book I've just finished. I'm, I'm really not sure, um, uh-huh. you know, well, I, whether you. Have oh, an I love to know the category. Absolutely. Yeah, but, um, and and it's a really really okay. interesting book. It only goes up to the fresh fruit, fresh fruit, right, um, rotting era. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, and I just finished it, and I thought uh, you'd be um, you'd be a really worthy uh, recipient. Thank you. Uh, I, I'd so love to read it. Thank please. you very yeah, much. Yeah, no worries. No worries. So uh, now we've got all the uh, yeah, yeah. So you anyway. you we, invented thrash. Wow, that's
4: where we were, wasn't <laughs> <Yes>. it? <laughs> well, people claim I did. Let's put it that way. I don't remember doing it, but if people claim it, is like everything else, who actually comes up? with the term in the first place, and there's got to be someone who originated it. Maybe it was me, for better or for worse, who came up with the name threats I don't know, yeah. But people keep saying I did, so okay. When the legend becomes fact, print the legend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, absolutely. So, um, so I'm sat here with the legend, Malcolm Tome. <laughs> Um yeah,
0: You're quite right, journalist. It doesn't do. You de- it doesn't do. It well, doesn't do it justice. I've
4: never thought of myself as a journalist anyway. More of a writer than a journalist. Right. Yeah. Because I think journalist implies, implies a certain approach and I don't necessarily feel it's an approach I've always been very comfortable with but it's an investigative side obviously to writing about music but it's a celebration of the music yes. that's what we always try. certainly in the Kerrang days and still do yeah because it, uh, ultimately
0: I think um, I, it's funny how how battle lines get drawn mm. because because as I can say as from being in a band we wanted to be a band because we love that kind of music and we yeah. wanted to play that kind of music and. You were a journalist because you love that kind of music, yeah, absolutely. And you're like writing about that well, kind I love of music. And it's not, uh, yeah. Uh, but for some reason, battle lines get drawn somewhere along the uh, along the way. You've only got to do one sort of even, even kind of half, not you know, glorious review, and and all of a sudden it's uh, that's all forgotten, and it's it's two camps yeah. drawn, aren't like they? Oh, yes. you know. Oh well, you know, you've you've never you've never you know made. You've always been against us anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who yeah. do you think
4: you are? You're not as important as you believe you are. And of course, the irony with the reviewers is bands always love great reviews, which, i.e., great being very positive reviews. But sometimes negative reviews can be very objective and very critical in a in a manner that's very balanced. And bands never give you the credit for actually it's a very well thought through review. No, it's a bad review. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, and well, the funny thing is that those, that those bands didn't realise what was going to happen 20 years down the road and that everybody was just going to have their you know, barely thought out ideas thrown up onto the internet and tell you all about where your albums went wrong.
4: Well, yeah, uh, that's true. I mean, these days, of course, anyone can be in a band and actually release an album through YouTube or you know, MySpace well, I don't know, or Facebook or whatever, and, or uh, SoundCloud. Anyone can actually put a blog up and write about music towards a journalist or a writer. So yeah. the internet's done that. It's in a way undermined and devalued the art. Uh, well, it, it, we've we've got we've got to that point a lot quicker than I had intended. But well,
0: while, no. no, no. But while we're there, um, do you? Uh, I consider myself to have been um, very lucky to have been around in a band when I was, hmm. and to experience the things that I have, um, and. You know, for want of a phrase, you know, for, for want of sound, wanting to sound like I'm like 80 years old, then the internet came along and ruined everything. Um, but it, 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 what I mean by that is, it, there's the, the words value. There is there's so little value to 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 everything. To mm. you know, to music, film has been impacted. Everything's being impacted yes. by the fact that people want to rip stuff off the internet. They don't want to pay for anything. No. Um,
4: and, and and it's it's a, it's a downward spiral. Well, that's, that's the big problem is people have got used to not paying for anything. Why should they pay for music when they can get it for nothing without actually realizing that if you get something for nothing, you never appreciate it. And you're yeah. not giving an opportunity to the talented creative forces out there to really develop. The likes of Metallica maybe never would have actually made the impact they had had it not been for the fact that people allow them and got excited by the fact that what they were doing was, meant something meant something to them. And if you are given something for nothing, you tend not to regard it in the same light as if you actually have to pay for it. It's yours. And in the same way that I think vinyl, and to a lesser extent CDs, a physical form of having something, is so much greater than downloading. Because it comes ephemeral. It's music. Yeah. And it's tossed out as music rather than it's music. And look at the, the market now for vinyl releases or re-releases, people love that because it's part of what made an album, what made music so special to everybody. Pouring yeah. over I mean it's a cliche, but going to album sleeve and looking at, oh look at that little bit over there. What did Metallica do with that? What did that serve do with this? But now it's sort of oh we'll download a track and who cares about anything in terms of um of the artwork, that's irrelevant. So people have become used to it.
0: Yeah, I think you've, the the concept of artwork has been lost. As a as a as a as a former vocalist and lyricist, um, the impact is huge because I, I think I think you know as much, uh, artwork has taken a big uh, lyrics have taken a big kind of hit. You know, mm. there's basically you haven't got a booklet there that you no. leaf through along with the CD. You've got nothing. You've got maybe your PDF. That you'll get free. That you might get round to opening one day. You might not. Um, and yet, and, and yet the irony of all of this as well is that publishing is paid to bands, yes. and fifty percent is paid to the lyricist, and fifty percent is paid to the music. It's, yep. it's established. It's enshrined within the business that oh, yeah. you know that a song is, is, is words and music. Exactly. Um, but that again, the, the download format is is has impacted against that. Um, it's. I, I mean, again, I don't. I don't want to sound, you know, anti-internet because I'm not. But by the same token, I, I constantly say on this podcast, you know, buy CDs because it's uncompressed sound. It simply sounds better. Yes. And you get a full package. There's yes. there, And that's an incontrovertible fact. Absolutely. Um. And uh, and if you're going to get a download, pay for the download yeah. because it, it, it's 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 ridiculous. You, I mean to. To, to use a to use a, a kind of comparison with what's happening in the movie industry the only movies that are getting made are things that could be guaranteed like Transformers 4 yeah, oh so yes, they can yeah, merchandise exactly. the franchise out, off yeah. the back of it and everything else or you yeah. get films that even as something as strong as the James Bond franchise is now 50 to 60% f- is, is um, financed by product placement mm. And every time you download that movie for free and you don't go to the cinema or you don't buy a, buy a stream of it, you are playing into the hands of major advertisers and major corporations and
4: they will dictate in
0: the future what gets made well, and what doesn't.
4: Th- that, that's an interesting point because I think one thing internet has proven that people are going, oh it's knowledge, it's news everywhere, you can get access to any information. It's actually proved how powerless people are mm. and how easily led people are. It hasn't yeah. given people course, yeah. the, the ability to disseminate information and to analyze information, it's just being bombarded with it, and that means that people are powerless and actually are now showing themselves to be powerless. But I would equate um, taking downloading a track or an album for free or a movie for free was, I suppose someone were to go over there right now to the coffee bar over there and just say, right, I'm having that bottle of water and walk out, would they be allowed to do that? No. Because that is stealing. I'm sorry, but it's the same here. You're just taking something that isn't yours and just saying, well, I can have it for nothing. It's my right because it's the internet, because it's one step removed from actually visiting and removing it. Therefore, somehow there's no blame attached to you for doing it. It's ephemeral. It doesn't have any physical construct. And that's the sad thing is that people also don't realise we're doing it. They're devaluing the music. They're devaluing the art involved. And also they're undermining the ability of people to go on and develop their art history. And that's a sad thing, because people look and say, where are the next big bands coming from? We look at Thrash and think, well, the big four, if you want to give them that title, and it's still a big point about that, who's going to replace them? No one. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Because the golden era of Thrash, if you want to give it, the mid to late 80s, has not been replaced by a new era where bands are going to come through and take over, the way that Thrash took over from the for instance. Yeah. and the way that the big hair bands in the 80s took over and then the grunge bands came through and you can argue to toss it up whether you like or don't like that music but there were new bands coming through to take over from the older bands that isn't happening now we had, we had um,
0: funnily enough uh, just a week ago we had the, we had the, uh, the new metal um, forefathers roll into town we had um, Korn and Slipknot yeah. playing to sold out arena that yeah. they could have sold out a couple of times over um, and by all accounts it was a fantastic show unfortunately I missed it I would love to have, uh, love to have made it um, oh, I'm sure they were um, great but, but you've got so you know is, is, is New Metal the, was that the last the last wave of, of creativity if well. you like the last big wave because if you think back to you think right okay we have your, your, your Slipknots and your a, a corner, who's come along since then will you start edging towards say Avenged Sevenfold Black Veiled Bride stuff like that which which, which, for me, is, a, is very much a different generation. Um, it's, um, I don't know, you know, it, it's just clothing sponsored bands. It just doesn't, yeah. don't, don't, doesn't really work for I mean, me.
4: To me, the sad thing is, I think, Avenged Sevenfold, in their early days, were fantastic. a fantastic, really exciting, different band. Yes. Now, they're a generic power metal band. Yeah, but I saw them 10 years
0: ago, down L. A. the LAE2. Uh, and, of,
4: um, of blessed memory. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And they were fantastic. Yeah. They were really, yeah. really good. They, they were a tremendous band. Now it's generic Halloween. It's a poor man's Halloween, as far as I'm concerned. They're not yeah. making anything. Interesting. Well, it's,
0: it's Halloween. Plays the Black Album.
4: Yeah, and you then plays Guns yeah. and Roses. Yeah. And, and, and then plays. Very good. Uh, what they were doing in their early days was interesting. It was different and it was challenging.
0: Yeah, because they came from a, they came from an almost sort of hardcore yes, background. Yes, they, did didn't they? and they got background. shit from from the hardcore scene mm. for starting to play metal. Yep, and, and and they were very much kind of a foot in both camps. And I'm, I'm, that was very much around the time when I went to, mm. when I went to see them. And then it just seems to have, yeah, it just seems to have corroded and faded away and just turned
4: into a you know. It's, it's turned into a, a not very good power metal band as far as I'm concerned. They've got bigger in doing so, which is intriguing because the power metal bands haven't. <laughs> yeah. But they seem to have somehow crossed over, and good luck to them. I think but they've crossed over by, by,
0: by, by, and I think it's been very calculated. I think, yes. the, I think the last album um, something about a king, wasn't it? Hail to the King yeah, hail to the, the last king. album um, if you look at it, it's, it, it it does sound like it was put together by a band and a marketing team I mean, yes. literally this song is from the Black Album this mm. song is Guns N' Roses this song is, yeah. I mean the Yeah. you know it's there, there's, there's that Rob Flynn tweet wasn't there congratulations to um, Avenged Sevenfold on their, their, num- their number one covers album
4: Yeah well it's pretty much exactly it yeah. we've got to number one I and mean, they're probably saying we don't care we're doing very well thank you very much we don't need uh, your um, praise Rob Flynn although I think Machine Head are a lot more credibility <coughs> and they're doing things their own way and Event Sevenfold are almost looking at what's going to sell us albums they're yes. going back to being a marketable band and a marketing band rather than an artistic band
0: yeah without a doubt um, and, and I, I, I was thinking if we had we had Thrash we had, thrush, we had we had Grunge, mm. which didn't really do much for
4: me, to be honest. It was very big and I was no big, one did, but and, it and was I just I think there is there are certain bands like Alice in Chains and Sound who I thought were tremendous. Yes. I was never a huge Nirvana yeah. fan, though I, I can understand why they were big.
2: And yeah,
4: were I never go with a Pearl Jam fan, I can appreciate why they were popular.
0: And although they've they've gone on
4: to to be kind of like the standard bearers they're yes. only the only
0: ones who didn't split and have yeah. carried on and they, just, ca-
4: you're right absolutely
0: just, I mean they, they, you know what they say about great artists it's not always it's not
4: look at the highs look at the lows it's yeah. look at the volume of work oh yeah look and at the you know and they've done a tremendous job and yeah. they've been very true to themselves all the way down the line but for me Alison James and Sandholden were the best of that era I'd go with that Yeah, Um, absolutely I I think people who go oh yeah Grunge ruined destroyed music no it didn't it was for a new generation coming through who wanted their own heroes and didn't want to inherit the hand-me-down big hair bands of the late 80s or the hand-me-down thrash bands second generation thrash bands they wanted their own heroes they wanted their own sound Grunge gave it to them yeah but you're not telling me that uh, someone who went to a Bon Jovi or Warrant gig or Metallic or uh, Acid Rain gig in 1989 suddenly turned around and said, I'm not buzzing with that anymore, I'm going to see Nirvana. It didn't happen. Yeah. It's in the same way that punk never undermined prog in the mid-70s. Yeah. It was for a new generation. And the irony of prog was that a lot of, uh, of punks, so the irony of punk was a lot of the big punk stars, while deriding Riding Prog and Dinosaur Rock openly were secretly fans and listened to it. Yeah, in the yeah, same yeah. way that the grunge bands, Alice in Chains, started pretty much as a KISS-type band. So they had... And they o- well, they
0: opened on the, of the Titan- yeah. Clash of the Titans tour as well, didn't they? They did. I mean, that was,
4: that was metal roots right there. Absolutely, and when Alice in Chains went out and support yeah. KISS, they took along their albums and got them signed by KISS. <laughs> so they were fans. Yeah. So it wasn't just a case of all these uh, bands undermining what the, the, whatever the other lot stood for. They weren't undermining genres, they're bringing a new style, and a new sound, a freshness that's needed sometimes, but we haven't had it for ages. Yeah. Now you've got people coming up with ridiculous terms. I saw one the other day, exo deathcore. What is exo deathcore? Somebody explain to me what exo deathcore is.
0: <laughs> well, I'm. Well, funnily enough, I've had a few. Well, by the way, that is a, that is a test. There, everybody, please yeah. do get in touch Just so we can forward the, the answers to Malcolm. <laughs> yes, please. It's a bit like it's a bit like boogie death metal, you know. Yeah. Uh, like, right. People
4: come up with these phrases, and then, well, in, in a way, of course, Venom did it. And black metal. They yeah. didn't know what the hell they were talking about. Someone said, what sort of music do you play? And they said, oh, we play black metal. They invented it in their own heads. It yeah. didn't mean anything, and it meant something in, in retrospect. But it was, oh, we just play black metal. <laughs>
0: well, it's, it's, it's weird as well. It's it,
4: it, funny you were saying there as well
0: about, you know, Punk didn't kill Prague. I'm a, I'm a firm believer that, that, that um, music genres don't come along and, uh, and kill each other. No. What happens is um, one dies out and one comes in and takes its place. Yep. You know, it, 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 it's... It, like, it it, it, thrash was on the wane.
4: It wasn't at its peak.
0: No. And all of a sudden, grunge came along and,
4: you know... It, it was lacking any push. I think both Melodic Rock and Thrash are the same problem, that they run out of steam. It stagnated, it yeah. It stagnated. And you had a situation where bands were making albums for the sake of it and weren't really making any exciting statements. And it was oh another album from such and such oh god here we go again yeah. so it was needed it, we needed something to come along and sweep it all away and start again and have something was that was going to excite and Grunge did it yeah. whether you like it or not Grunge made such a huge impact on the way people thought about music the way people got into music and it gave a new generation of fans an opportunity to get into rock and maybe through that go back a little bit and think what's, you know, what's going on because that's the beauty of rock music, is that you get kids getting into Blackwell Brides today. Blackwell Brides might say something about Motley Crue or, or Kiss. A lot of kids will say, I'm going to check out Motley Crue and Kiss. Yeah. And that's how the older bands, who are still going, pick up a young audience because they're being name chipped by their own new heroes. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it's uh, well. Look, even, even bands like my old band, Acid Rain, have... Um, we've you know believe it or not we've we've, we've picked up fans because people
2: yeah I'm people sure.
0: do people go back and they do yeah. their history yeah and with this this kind of like new wave of, of thrash which has even happened over here yep. um uh, you now get you know yeah you get you get people you know I mean, I've, I've met people who are like you know in their sort of early 20s saying like right. oh yeah yeah you know, love love the band and, mm. just, and, and which to me, is utterly bizarre. <laughs> um,
4: <laughs> it, it's that concept of rock took the generation gap down, because you now can have seventy-year-olds going to gigs with their grandchildren. Yes, and no yeah. one thinks anything's wrong. It's uh, yeah, great. Well,
0: also, I think it's, it, there's something unique about. Well, not, it, there's something whether it's unique entirely is is up for debate. But I, I love the fact that be, metal is the kind of uh, the kind of music that um, uh, people do do the history. You know, yep. they feel the need yep. to to go back and oh, I like so and so. Oh, they mentioned so and so. Right, I'll go. It's, it's 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 once you're into it, you're into it, and you're committed, Absolutely. and you do the homework, you do the reading, you do your history. Um, it's not oh, I like this and, and I like that and I like you know it, it's it's what makes it such an enduring. Um, form of music. Of oh yeah. the fact that it's the dedication of its fans.
4: Well, I've maintained you can take a 15-year-old who's just got into a band sevenfold and play them. Um, you really got me by the Kinks, which is 50 years old, pretty much, maybe slightly lower, and they'll get it. They'll understand it. But in 1965, 64, if we would taken a 15-year-old getting into the Kings and played them something from 1915, it would have been a different universe, a different world, yeah. alien. Yeah. But somehow there is that connection between the beginnings of metal and what happens today. And people get it. There is that connection, that relationship. And that's why you get 15, 14, 16-year-olds, whoever, going along to see Deep Purple or going along to see ACDC as well as you get the 65, 70-year-olds who got into music through Purple and, and DC and, and Sabbath going to see Slipknot. Yeah. Because yeah. they see that connection.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they love... They, they, there's, there's the pageantry as well. There's yeah. the, you know, when you go to a metal show and it's, it's still... It's a show. It's something yeah. special. It's something big. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. It, it's... You, obviously, you've seen a, a, a myriad of changes in the... Um, Um, In the industry. Um, I mean, from where you you, you work at Classic Rock now.
4: Well, I work at Team Rock, and Classic Rock is one of the titles Team Rock has. They have Metal Hammer and Prog as well. Right. And Blues and AMR. And Radio. And Radio, yes. 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 (coughs) Yes. And Empire. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite,
0: yeah, and uh, um, but uh, but even keeping something like that going in, the, in in the current climate must be must be a
4: challenge. Of course it is because people have this notion that no one buys magazines anymore, which is not true, uh, and everyone goes online and wants it for free, which is partly true, but it's not totally true. But the challenge is to keep exciting yourself about the music, to keep listening to stuff going. Oh, this is great. Listen to this. This is really really good, and that's the thing that always kept me going was the fact it's not just about, oh, this is boring, nothing good has come out for ten years. Because you can think that, what the hell are you involved for? Because yeah. you might as well just sit at home, listen to your old records, and just wallowing in the nostalgia about how the good old days were so much better. <laughs> but thankfully there are young bands coming through who are very exciting. Yeah. And do make you go, well, I mean, this is really good. Yeah. And uh, the, the most intriguing development, I think, in recent times is how... The, the tribute bands have taken over from the real bands unbelievable yeah but it's obvious why because these tribute bands can do the classic shows of the heritage bands for want of a better term better than those bands can do themselves now because they've got one or two originals left they're all in their 60s yeah, you know, the vocals aren't as good as they were, and maybe... Be, they, yeah, because
0: he's 20 years older, so his register's yeah, not,
4: as, not, as yeah, high. Yeah,
0: you're not as high as it was, yeah.
4: So you've got the tribute bands who actually do it note for note, verbatim, exactly as it was. Obviously From the
0: classic era. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So people go along, because to them it's sort of linking with the nostalgia factor. Yeah. And that's the irony, is that they are probably better than the real bands are these days. <laughs> and that's why they're doing so well, because people want that. People go, a lot of people go to shows... They want to see and hear the great songs that they remember. They don't want to be a bombardier. Here are three more songs from our new album which you don't give a shit about. Yeah. And here are three more songs on the album you haven't bought and won't buy. They may well put with one, perhaps two songs, but in reality they want the, the, the classics. They want to get smoke in the Water, Paranoid, "Whole of the Rosie, whatever, depending on the band. But that's the sort of stuff they want, and a lot of bands understand it. I mean, Maiden have got a good way of doing it. Yeah. Maiden's attitude is, we're going to go out, and this sort of tour is about our new stuff. A lot of new material is going to be in there. If we don't want to hear it, don't come. The next tour we do is going to be recreating the 1988 tour. So all the material comes from the, st- the set we had on that somewhere in England tour. So they're doing it that way. It's nostalgia for the fans who want it that way. There's the more modern stuff which develops and represents where they feel they are musically, because they're still making exciting value material. Yeah, yeah. And artists, why should an artist have made all his statements or her statements by the time they're 25? Why can't they come up with a brilliant album at 65? Yeah. Since when is that written down? And so, thankfully, we've got some older bands now. I'm thinking Megadeth, for instance, who are making really good records again. Well, apart see. from
0: Super Collider.
4: I like Super Collider. Oh, I think it's really oh, good.
0: No, Super Hunter. I can stand it. Worst <laughs> okay. album of the year, absolutely. Well, I gave that. I gave that award especially. But I, I, I take your point. As for me, Endgame was was as good as anything they've uh, or thirteen they've, they've ever done, and that's where it dropped off for me. Oh, okay. Dave Alistone coming back seems to have had the opposite effect oh, to the one see, I, I thought oh, was
4: going to have. Uh, for me, that's it picked it up. I love Super Collider and thirteen. Ah. I think it's really created a purple patch for negative, but I know I'm in a small minority and most people will <laughs> side with you on that one well yeah but I, I think uh, look it's, it's, all a big, it's all about taste at the
0: end of the day. I mean, that's, yeah. why, that's why, and that's why I love doing this podcast. Somebody said to me, um, it's been suggested, a few, couple of people suggested said, have you thought of like having a, a sidekick on? Or somebody like, no. <laughs> <laughs> why would no <laughs> yeah, people want to do that? Yeah yeah, 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 why would I want someone <laughs> else's opinion yeah. Yeah, interfering I anyone, with yeah. mine?
4: <laughs> I've got an opinion and that's it. I don't want anyone else's, it's my opinion. And, but, yeah, um, uh, yeah. but in the same way that, I mean, people go and about, oh, Death Magnetic was so much of an improvement on Sananga. No, it wasn't, for one good reason. Sananga's awful. It's rubbish, but it's Metallica's rubbish. They created 100% that album, that's the album they wanted to make. Death Magnetic is Metallica saying, what do people want from us? And trying to come up with something that appealed to fans for the first time in their career. Well actually, it's it's Metallica saying to Rick Rubin, what should we do next? Yes, and Rick Rubin said, go back and imagine you're in a basement in 1985, you're kids, you're desperate to get out of the basement, you're hungry for success. So you're talking to late 40, early 50 something multi-millionaires and they're going to remember what it was like 30 years ago. Come on, don't be stupid. And they came up with something that was basically a hotspot. All right, it may sound better than St Anger, but it's compromised. Well, St Anger is, is, is audio therapy, basically. Yes. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a band that
0: have gone well, through therapy and this is the, this is the re- musical result. Some
4: kind of monster proved the point. Yeah. Um, and it's very brave that Metallica actually said, put it out as it is, some kind of monster that is. Oh yeah, no. I'm we don't want to edit it, you do what you want with it, we'll yeah. go with it. And you've got to have a lot of respect and credit for the, pe- maybe it's part of the therapy doing it, I don't know. But the fact is yes, then you suddenly realise why and Anger is as bad as it was. Yeah. But yeah. it was them making the album they wanted to make at the time with no yeah. one telling them what to do. This is what we want to do. It yeah. was awful, but at least it was their awful. It yeah. was coming from their heart and soul and passion. Even though it was a dreadful record. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you look at bands, and Slayer for instance. For me, Slayer are four people. Sadly, one's dead, one's quit. Uh, One's never really going to be the same again because he's got neck problems. And really, it isn't Slayer anymore. It can't be Slayer. And Slayer are about those four. And when you don't have those four together, you don't have Slayer for me. And the fact that they're carrying on over the name is a bit of a travesty. Well, I, yeah, we're gonna to have to disagree
0: there. I don't I I I um I think um I don't I Gary Holt is a you know, is, is a fantastic not replacement but a stand in and He's a great and, guitarist. And I like
4: think Gary Holt is tremendous with excellence.
0: But I also like but I also am I'm, I'm a fan of Bostaff's yeah, drumming and very, I'm a fan of his drummer.
4: period with Slayer as well. Um I um, think he's an excellent drummer. That's not knocking him as a drummer. In the same way that using Led Zeppelin as an example when they reformed to do the, uh, the O2 uh, Jason Bonham is a superb drummer but he's not his dad and yeah. somehow the magic his dad brought to Zeppelin made the four of them into something truly special unique and without John Bonham even with a, pl- a drummer as good as Jason standing in, it didn't quite have the same impact for me.
0: Yeah, no, look, I, I, there's no way that I would ever say, oh, you know, I'll take this version of Slayer over, over the original. But I will take this version of
4: Slayer over no Slayer. Well, I would. I think it's time maybe Slayer to say, we've had a fantastic run. We've had such a huge impact. They made what's regarded uh, as the greatest yeah, but, thrash album but ever.
0: can they do that?
4: Isn't this all just down to finance? Aren't they still well, going because they need to? This keep is the going? other way of looking at it. Is yeah, in terms of as long as we keep Slayer on the road, we make money. So let's keep it going. Yeah, and as the long minute we can.
2: stop, but is that a
4: where where are the wages coming from? Well, yeah, but that's a financial thing. It comes back to sort of well, you're keeping up uh, a situation where you're making a lot of money. Same with Metallica. We can't stop because too many people were locking us for their, for their living. Yeah. So we have to yeah. keep going. And that's why there's so many people in that camp saying, it sounds great, guys. Oh,
0: yeah. It sounds wonderful. Keep going. Cause it you're sounds just like there. the old days.
4: Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. You can tell Metallica are looking for new challenges. Glastonbury, new challenge, let's just do something that's different, let's just do something that's really going to stretch us, rather than going out there and, oh, we can headline Download again, we can headline Sonisphere again. Play
0: on, all, play on all the continents, play on, play, play, yeah, play just, in Alaska. What else
4: can we do, what challenges are left for us to do that no one else has done before? And you know, fair enough, they're looking for ways to yeah, really challenge themselves, but when you're doing that, it's almost as if what really matters, i.e. the music, isn't yeah. there anymore the magic isn't there anymore what have Heckel and Ulrich got in common apart from being Metallica these days nothing I very much doubt they can actually sit down and have a conversation about anything yeah, because they're in two different worlds and they've probably come together to make a Metallica album and that's it they haven't got the, the camaraderie the bonding that they had in the mid 80s when Metallica first came out yeah
0: and I think there's also, there's also that um, when well you know when you, when you are that age you know what you're doing you've got your direction and the only job is to get to, to get out to get your message out there to yeah, get your music you know, out there yeah. and fuck everybody you know yeah. we, we, we're doing this when you get to the stage where it's almost the opposite of that and it's like actually we need help can you come over here and, and, and help us then maybe it's time to kind of start thinking right okay but then to be fair to Slayer that doesn't seem to be the case well
4: I, I just think Slayer of coasting. And they haven't made a strong album for a long time. They've made albums that sound like Slayer, but but I I suppose it's um, different opinions in the same way that you and I would disagree on the current Megadeth situation. Mm. Um, And Anthrax. The the, the current Megadeth situation, or duo, as I like to call it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's um, the irony, of course, Mustaine once said he would never work with others again. Yeah, exactly. And and now they're back together, as they should be, I think, but um, who knows, maybe Menza and Freedom will return. Yeah, you never and know. And I think a lot of Megadeth fans would love to see that. That would excite Megadeth fans. Definitely. The classic and, lineup. And you were just about to mention um, Anthrax as yep. well. Now there is,
0: you know, it's almost like the it's
4: almost like the tortoise and the hare here, isn't it? <laughs> well, it is. Um, I mean, Anthrax are kept plucking away. Well, we saw them, didn't we? I, we, we saw them with um, Dan Nelson. Yes, and that was brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely superb. And then whatever happened with Dan Nelson, happened well you're, not, you, well, you're certainly not going to find out in Scott Ian's autobiography. Well, no. Doesn't even mention it. <laughs> no, because I don't think there's much of mention mention. I mean, Scott Ian's claims, I think, were, shall we say, a little bit off the mark, that, oh, Dan Nelson just didn't turn up and didn't make the plane and came up with excuses, and Dan Nelson, no, you fired. I was fired. What are you talking about? And... I think this is Scott trying to smooth things over in terms of the way Anthrax are perceived. However, it has to be said that Anthrax is still a good band. Oh, yeah. Um, and it, it, of course, it does bring up the question, should those four be the big four? Well, should they even be a big four?
0: Well, well I, my, 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 theory is, my theory is it's called the big four. It's not called the best four. It's not called your favourite four. No. It's the big four. Yeah. And if you're talking awesome. the big four, you're talking record sales. And if you want to actually... Because otherwise... It, it, unless you place some kind of factual framework on something like that everyone's Big four is different and I just think it's the four biggest selling thrash bands yeah. or, or maybe the four who've had the biggest
4: selling thrash albums yes, but then when, when the Big Four played together a couple of years ago we looked at it and thought alright Metallica have three of a classic line up there you know, sadly no Cliff Burton, no Jason Newsted, but ok we'll give them that Megadeth Mustaine and that's it at that point, uh, Slayer, the uh, same, not quite even close, Anthrax-ish but along past their exciting sell-by days, so yeah, it really wasn't the time to see the Big Four, the Big Four would have been fantastic in 1986, that's when it could have been really something, now it's a bit, you know, playing on, on the, the Big Four tag. people are like, oh, I've got to see the Big Four, why? Well, I, well, you're talking to somebody who
0: flew to Germany to see it. <laughs> and was it worth it? Um, it was because I, uh, I, en- I ended up um, getting together with a German lady who ended oh, up who ended up being my um, who ended up being my girlfriend for three years. So, uh, so in that respect, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 in that respect, it worked out well for you. Um, but, it, but it wasn't lost on me the fact that I was watching I was watching um,
4: Anthrax with um, Andreas Kisser sitting yeah, in for Scott well, Ian. Well, hadn't yeah, you got this situation where? band members are taking time up for family problems
0: now this is now this is Ah. something
4: this is something you've
0: just exhibited something that is exactly the same as me I'm I still, rightly or wrongly, and maybe I'm just romanticising it, but I still, every time I see a band who are going to go out and some member saying, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this tour or I'm having to sit out on this tour, and it's always the same wording, you know, oh, we've got our brother in from this oh, band yeah, and all that. Because yeah, yeah. everyone's a fucking brother these days. Of course. But, but, um, and, and, but every time I think, is it, is it my imagination? Or did this never happen? Never did. Bostaff, Bostaff never did. did a forbidden tour with a broken arm, if you remember. Yep. All those years and when ago. James
4: Sepwell broke his uh, arm, he still played. They had John Marshall standing yeah. on the guitar with him but he was still on stage with him. Yeah. Not, oh, I've got to take time off, family reasons, health reasons. What? Charlie Bellanti's missed kicks, Scott Ian's missed kicks. What the hell is going on with Anchorage? It's now a fluid situation where anyone can miss anything.
0: Yeah, but it does seem like that as well. It does seem like it, the, the band, bands will go out on tour. now. It's, but touring is so important. Yeah. And, and windows of touring are so important that four people can't afford to miss out on a wage because one of them... That's the problem. Yeah. Well, the and, and, and again,
4: forced. we come back to the internet. It, it's going to cost us too much to cancel the tour. Yeah. So we've got to go ahead. We've got to find someone to stand in. Whereas back in the day, you would put, you would just say, right, well, no. No, we'll have to Because wait.
0: Because you know yeah. people are going to come out anyway. It doesn't matter. People are going to flock to see you anyway. But but you've got album sales in between oh yeah you know you've got you've you've got like a you know you've got you've got that that income that revenue stream just drip drip it's always there in the background and 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 so you can say okay well we will
4: put a tour back six months <laughs> but now you just, you, you oh just, no we not put it back no no we can't we can't put anything back yeah. because uh, it's a financial suicide we're committed to the tour. It's going to cost us too much to cancel it right now. So let's get somebody in. Andreas Kiss will do. Gary Holt will do. He's our brother. He understands. He's great. And he got because Gary is playing with Slayer, Exodus go up with a different guitarist. Like, For God's sake! <laughs> so he got this knock-on effect. Yeah. So yeah. I suppose it is the um, the reality of the situation we're in, where finance speaks volumes to bands who can't afford not to do what they're committed to do. Yeah. Yeah, but it is a bit sad when it comes to You've like been having said that. Having said that, I've got to have got to point
0: out at this point that um, uh, that um, I've, I'm putting Acid Rain back together in a moment, and um, I'm having to call it a reboot because I am now finally, after the bass player left last week, I am now the only original member. Oh boy! <laughs> oh so, maybe, so maybe I should shut the fuck up. <laughs>
4: yeah, there is that point because it's not a reunion because there's only one of you.
0: That's why I'm calling it a reboot. Reboot, yeah, yeah. That's, and that's that's different. Thing. And I'm just saying, look, it's not ideal, it, and I know it's not ideal. But hey, if any, if anybody wants to hear those songs again live, it's either this or nothing. and yeah. that's, and, and that's it. But I'm being honest and upfront about it right from the get-go. Yeah, that's you know, fair enough. It, it, it's just that's what it is. And and uh, if anybody says, well, it's not the same, it's not the original lineup. My answer to that is, yeah, I, I totally agree. I tried. Yeah. I tried, but one by one, they've all fallen yeah. by the wayside. I know it sounds, me, me, makes me sound like a massive twat, but it, 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 it's not that, it's just, you know... It life, is what it is, life Sometimes. gets in the way.
4: Life, you know? life gets in the way. <laughs> life yeah. is what happens while you're busy making plans, as somebody once said. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. it's just one of those situations now where bands lined up so very fluid, and it's, all oh, we're going to get yeah. such and such back. And you've got bands who reunite with you, sort the classic line there, and say, Any one of us leaves, that's it, we're not carrying on, oh, such and such is left, we're carrying on with a new one. Yeah. <laughs> we're very excited about what's ahead of and it's. Yeah,
0: it's, it's almost like being in a new band, it's added a new stimulus I to the
4: lineup. And and it was, no, you haven't really got it, to yeah. be honest. And I think one of the problems, certainly with the, the Giants, the Greats, is that when they reform, somehow they tarnish the legend because they can't live up to the legend that they have. Van Halen. Sorry, but Van Halen now are a shadow what they were with Dave Roth in the late 70s, early 80s. Oh, God, yeah. You just look at the YouTube and you think, Dave's lost it. Eddie Van Halen is playing <laughs> brilliantly, absolutely. Dave just looks like he's But you you can't
0: do that. You
4: can't do that role that Dave used to do at his age. You you just can't. He knows it and doesn't embarrass himself by trying it. But do we want a 50-something sensible David Lee Roth or a 25-year-old rock and roll crazy guy to call David Lee Roth? The latter. We don't want a sensible shoes-wearing... David Lee Roth. We don't want well, that, who, that.
0: David Lee Roth would never have made it in the first place. No. I mean, what, you know, his whole legend it, it is. It is the, the the crazy guy, the showman. That yes. that that whole thing. That's you, that's his shtick. So to come back
4: and be doing a completely different shtick, it's just doesn't work. No. It, it's not clever. It's it's not something that's impressive, and that's why I hope that. The Appetite era GNR never get back together again because, while I'm sure they could play really well, it would never have the magic excitement that it had in the late 80s. No, never. it wouldn't. And, and to be
0: fair, I, I'm, I, I'm, yeah, well, Axl Rose has spent long enough shitting all over that fucking legacy anyway.
4: So um, I think they all have in their different ways. And I hope that they just keep apart, never try and reunite the band. Yeah, it would make millions how many nights at Wembley Stadium do you want to set out? Of course it would be huge, we all know that. But the downside is it could never be what it was. In in the same way that the the thrash bands have all reached a point, if Celtic Cross reunited tomorrow, with Tom and Martin buried their differences and said, let's go one more go at it, it couldn't be the same. It could not live up to where it was. Or if Venom got the classic trio back together, they could never be what they were. No,
0: no, definitely. Definitely. But also I think something about... Um, the reason, as well, is that you know those, those lineups that, that didn't get on,
2: right? Mm. They're,
0: they're split up, like Venom and like GNR, right? Those lineups that, that where there was real genuine friction. Um, that's what that's what yeah. was part of the creative process. Absolutely. That's what made such great art. Absolutely. And if they do come back later in life when they've all mellowed and get on, do you really want you to say? see that? No. You know, it was like it was like, it was like um, Pink Floyd doing doing live. Aid. Yeah. And um, and and you could see Gil you know, Roger Waters had a huge smile on his face and was hoping this was gonna lead to like healing of old wounds. You could see Dave Gilmour was playing no the guitar, interest, no. just going, I'm just getting through
4: the gig. Yeah. I don't I'm, care, I don't wanna know, I'm not playing with you ever again, so forget about any reunion. It yeah, just is yeah, not on yeah. the agenda. Yeah.
0: And okay. I like but I liked that. I think that perfor- yeah, I think well, that performance was great because there was a sort of Waters seemed to be completely unaware of it but there was a definite edge yeah. to that.
4: Well, yeah, I'm sure Waters is fully aware of the fact that there is an edge.
0: Oh, well, yeah, I just felt like on the stage...
4: It was but on stage, all... obviously, he was delighted to be there. Yeah. And part of the event and the occasion. And uh, the fact that the three of them were there, it was remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. But you'd have... i mean the same as people talk about it would be great to see the Genesis lineup with Hackett and Gabriel back with Collins, Rutherford and Banks. Maybe, but then maybe not.
2: Yeah, I mean...
4: Um, maybe they could get away with it a lot more because it's more theatrical and more about music rather than charismatic performance Pop of Gabriel who's still got a, a great charisma yeah. but uh, this is it we're all going backwards we're swallowing in the nostalgia that the tribute bands actually fulfill anyway yeah. and they actually pander to that market and do it very well so do we actually need the, the originals back at all just go on make the music you want to do move forward don't look back because if you're looking back I mean Sabbath I saw Sabbath in Hyde Park last summer and it was really good and somebody actually said it I don't ever need to see them again now you're right I don't need to see them again either because it can never be better than that it can only be worse (laughs) so the next time they play I really wouldn't want to go and see them again I've seen them one last time they pulled it off they were great well they were good Um, just call them great a little bit of an overestimation but leave it yeah. move on and you know this is Sabbath the Godfathers of metal
2: Yeah,
4: and uh, Deep Purple get away with it somehow because they've learnt to live within Ian Gillan's restricted vocal range yeah. he won't do anything that doesn't work and he can't carry on which is great oh, might, unlike yeah. David Coverdale who still insists on screaming when he can't do it Yeah, he patently can't do it and he embarrasses himself by trying stop it <laughs> but it's it's one of those you know, weirdly. I mean, who thought in the mid '80s that uh, a band like Metallica, 30 years down the line, would still be selling out stadiums? Yeah. Or no. actually reaching a point where they could do that. In '85, they weren't even close to that point. Well, who thought? The,
0: that? Well, the thing is, as well as you, you know, you were talking about nostalgia, and that, that, that there was a period there. People people forget that there was there was a period there where um, where they 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 just come back. For, with St Anger. Hmm. but they, they they basically dropped all of the load era stuff yes because uh, then people forget that there was years and years and years where you didn't get a big section of, the, of Metallica's nope. um, uh, thrash years it's almost like they turned their back on that it was all about yeah. load, reload yes. and, and, and slower more moody stuff and, and, and then it wasn't until you know St. Anger came around and they started playing thrash again and they started
4: playing the old stuff well they would try to move forward well, certainly Lars and Kurt tried to move it all forward in the way they looked and the way it sounded and I think they suddenly realised that fans didn't want that even the fans that got into them through the blackout, album it was a huge commercial success did not want Metallica to change the way they approached music they wanted the harder heavier stuff the yes. thrash years which would still always be a part of Metallica Metallica had grew thrash of course they did they're much bigger than that. They're probably yeah. the biggest heavy metal band of all time, commercially. Yeah. Although you could argue whether they're more important than Maiden or Sabbath.
0: Well, um, without Sabbath, argument. there's no metal, and without Maiden, there's certainly no Metallica. Uh, so. Yeah,
4: and you know you can put Deep Purple into the equation. Purple are undervalued. Yes, they I are. Think, yeah. Um, yeah. People always talk about Sabbath creating metal. I think Purple had an equal input. Really, but they never get the respect for it. Well, right here, hands up, I'm I'm guilty of that myself. You listen to clicking Highway Star, and that really is thunders along. Uh, But I think the problem was, in retrospect, everyone thinks, oh, Sabbath, without them, they were hugely influential at the time. How many bands came out in the early 70s saying we've been influenced by Black Sabbath? Hardly anyone. (laughs) It was only later on, suddenly, people latched onto Sabbath time. Of course, Sabbath were massively important, and they're one of the core pillars of metal, but I think Purple should be given a lot of respect for what they did. And Blackmore, hugely undervalued guitarist. Yeah. I mean, Iommi gets deservedly a lot of credit and respect, but Blackmore deserves more than he gets, a hell of a lot more than he gets. It's almost as if he's a niche guitarist and Iommi's mainstream. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, it,
0: uh, I, I mean, is that anything to do with kind of, you know, the way he sort of, you know, the direction he headed off um, I mean. Possibly. Of, you know,
4: um, although, there again, I always maintain... You're talking about Blackmore's Night, I assume. Sorry? Are, are you talking about Blackmore's Night? Well, yeah, and
0: it's basically his whole sort of obsession with folk music. Yeah,
4: but I, I was still maintaining it. He put a different name on that. And put, people would say, actually, ah, it's quite good. It is quite good. But people want Blackmore to pick up his guitar and rock. Yeah. They want that power of Purple Rainbow again. And maybe he'll do it again. Maybe. But if that's what he wants to do, he's left enough of a legacy in terms of those great albums that he's got every right to do his legacy. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with Blackmore doing what he's doing. Um, I'd love to see him do one more hurrah with probably Rainbow because I don't think Ian Gillard would ever work with him. Yeah. and And um, given the way the oh, I'd love thing. to see Rainbow. Oh yeah. yeah. I'd love to see Rainbow. Which I mean, uh, and Turner? Or Or Why not? Sadly, not Ronnie. No, but, sadly, but I know. Uh, it's just that whole lack of respect for purple. Whereas Sabbath, some might have that. Yeah, es- oh, no, they have their, yeah, they've
0: got their place, they you know, the they're legends.
4: They are, and deservedly so. Now, let's not take anything away from what Sabbath have achieved. They've been enormously important. But I just think purple deserve a little bit more.
0: So you think basically it's, it's Sabbath, purple,
4: maiden and priest? Yeah, uh, yeah and Metallica, obviously yeah
0: but I'm saying sort of like you know the the four the four the the, Fathers
4: I mean Priest has always (laughs) been my favourite metal band and I think Priest again they were the first band to really embrace the term heavy metal
0: yeah their look and this coming from the man who invented the term thrash (laughs) (laughs) magic
4: yeah but they were metal long before I was (laughs) Um, but they embraced the whole thing and I really do think that Sabbath Priest Maiden Purple yeah those are four remarkable pillars all yeah. British.
0: I know, I know. And that's what, do you know what? Thank you for reminding me. If I ever meet Danny Boyle, the film director, who, um, who of course was responsible for two wonderful, the, the opening and closing ceremony yeah. of the 2012 Olympics, what, what one single genre of music was completely overlooked? Metal. Which one of those, way. and which one of those bands, which one of those bands actually formed round the corner? From where the stadium was, Maiden, yes, in, in, in East London, I, I, I was really, really disappointed. Well, I'm that. not
4: surprised. I took it for granted no. that metal will be ignored. It's always ignored. Yeah, that's the sort of way, the attitude that we've had in the UK. It's never given any respect. I mean, and Brits. Maiden won a Brit only because it was voted for by the fans it yeah. wasn't voted for by any hierarchy if you left it to a hierarchy Maiden would have been completely shoved out of the way but in a way that's always been the strength of them, so it's been underground it's, it's, we don't need that we're, we're,
0: we're, we're outsiders always, yes. always have been and you know I mean you, you, say, t- you say to anybody right what's the biggest selling album in history and they'll tell you it's Thriller so Michael Jackson right name the second biggest yes. selling H-C-C- album H-C-C- in history Back, Back in and Black and yeah and people are always like what? Yeah.
4: oh yeah Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah. people don't believe you because, oh, no, it can't be. But in ACDC, I don't like heavy metal, but I like ACDC. Wow, yeah. oh, okay. But I still think anyone who says, I hate heavy metal, yeah, so, well, yeah. if you don't like certain bands, I can appreciate it. You can't hate an entire genre. You've not listened to the entire yes. genre. as rather yeah, like you yeah. saying, I hate classical music. You can't because and there must be elements you like. Yes. So the people say, yeah. oh, I don't like heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Oh, God's sake. That's ignorance. That's stupidity and that's cliche. But you'll you, you meet somebody and say, oh no, I've never liked it. I've never liked it. Oh, right, never right. Like. Okay. Well, how Okay. you listen to it? it's just noise. Yeah. Really? You think so?
0: Yeah, um, well, yeah, exactly. And yet they've probably got a copy of somewhere like, you know, speaking of Rainbow, like, since you've been gone, kicking yeah. around in a record collection oh, yeah. or something, never, e- n- never even thinking
4: for a minute that that's heavy. No, they wouldn't. Or they've got a, a, a copy of... of Fleetwood Mac, oh, Fleetwood Mac belong in that area as well. Yes. Yeah, All right, yeah. it's, it's, it's that whole, how do you define where metal begins and ends? It's so difficult. Right, different. well,
0: do you know what? Where metal begins and ends, how do you define it? That's a really good place to leave it, because I think I we're think about to so. get thrown out of and this. You know uh, what? It's probably a, a shop good shop. place
4: to, to pick up at some point in the future. Yes, exactly. Uh, 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 we will do. It's lovely to see you, Mel. Thank you very much. No, uh, it's been you. a pleasure. Thank you, thank you very sh- much for the day, Kenny. I look pleasure. forward to doing that. Oh, excellent.
0: So there you go. That is uh, my chat with Malcolm in a coffee shop, and um, it really did just fly by. And um, we did say that uh, you know he did say, "Look, we should we should do this again." And I completely agree. It was um, it was really really cool. Um, and um, and yeah, I, I'd like to think. I mean, we just scratched the surface, uh, and we were on a you know we were on a sort of time limit. Um, I think I might have to do a Malcolm Dome special, and we'll do a full, <laughs> a full on like you know whole afternoon or something. Um, but it was, it was great to see him again. Um, he's a fascinating guy, and, uh, and 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 knows so much, and has done so much, and um, and and really you know just appreciate appreciates it. And as you can hear, you know, well like you you heard the interview. Uh, Malcolm is um, Malcolm's Malcolm. You know, everyone knows him. I, I don't know anybody who's got a, you know a bad word to say about him. And for somebody who's been um, writing and critiquing bands for as long as he has to, to, to you can't say that about a lot of people that's for sure um, so anyway look that brings this episode of um, Talking Bollocks the writer's special to an end um, I hope you've enjoyed it it's been a laugh it's a little, a little bit of something to just uh, keep you um, you know keep your Tiding over until the next talking bollocks uh, comes out, which will be some point in the middle of um, uh, middle of July, um, so yeah, look I, I follow us on Facebook, uh, find us on Twitter, tell your friends to fucking listen, yeah, get everybody you know to listen. that would be great um, uh, and, um, and and yeah and and you know just tell me tell me what you 're listening to if you want to interact, interact if you don 't you don 't I totally, absolutely get that. Um, but there's there's thousands of you listening to this thing, and I get, you know, I've had some really cool feedback from some, uh, from some of you, or from nearly all of you, actually. Well, in fact, all of you, I've got to say it. Um, who am I kidding? Um, so next up is get some haters, because uh, all this love is just going to go to my head. So let's get some haters, let's get some people fucking really properly slagging me off. I'm sure there is people out there who go, fucking, who, who, the, who the hell does he think he is? The big mouth twat sits around once a month, gobbing off like he knows everything. Um. Yep, that's me. Hand up, hands in the air. Yep, that's me. Um. Although I never claim to know everything, it's just my opinion. It, uh, uh, and you know, you're listening to it, so you know. Don't like it? Don't listen. That's what I say, baby. Um. So anyway, look, it's um, it, it's great to talk to you all. Thank you very much. Um, as always for uh, for listening in. Um, no music at the end of this. Um, at the end of this podcast because um, it's all about the writers um and uh so yeah check out the work of um chad arnold check out the work of keith carl harris and check out the work of the mighty malcolm dome thanks for um (laughs) i'm gonna say it (laughs) deliberately thanks for tuning in to this episode i hope to see uh i hope to see you i hope to speak to you all soon and might see you out on the road um with acid rain at some point if we're playing your town and of course if we're if we're playing like uh, you know too far away you won't be turning up good um, anyway, um, have a good week, have a good month, have a good life, uh, whatever you do. Thank you very much for listening. I really, again, I appreciate every single one of you. It does my brain in that so many people listen and it's really cool. And
2: just thank you. Thank you to you all. Cheers. See ya.